I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. They want benign indifference. They want us drugging. We could be pets. We could be food. But all we really are is livestock. There are, of course, those who do not want us to speak. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. The world needs a wake-up call. We're going to phone it in. And welcome to the Great Deception Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. Thanks for joining me. Welcome back for part two of the future strategic issues and future warfare circa 2025 NASA document by Dennis Bushnell that we're going to review today. Okay, uh, this is uh, part two. If you missed part one, you're going to want to go listen to that before you listen to this because it will make much more sense. We're going over a 113 uh, slide PowerPoint presentation that was presented in 2001 by NASA um, along with DARPA, CIA, and all sorts of other wonderful players. And uh, so go listen to the first episode. And what we're going to get into this episode is more of the warfare side of things. And before we get into the show, I want to bring up a few things that I found along the way since then about how DARPA has gotten involved. And I found an article that said DARPA pioneered the Internet. Its model can change how our future unfolds. It says President Biden's budget request to uh, Congress features $7 billion to launch two new advanced research project agencies, ARPAs, okay? One in health, one in climate. Uh Uh-huh, gee, there we go. Health, corona, climate, climate change. Oh, amazing. In recent weeks, they've called for ARPA-like models to advance economic competitiveness, agriculture, and labor. New ARPAs can fundamentally change what our future looks like, but to succeed, we must get the ARPA model right. The inspiration for all these proposals is the original, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency's, our favorite agency, DARPA. It started in 1958 at the height of the Cold War, okay, and uh, it, it, it... It says DARPA's decades of radical innovation have recast military systems and changed military outcomes and also seeded artificial intelligence, developed developed advanced microelectronics, and started the Internet. In 2006, the Intelligence Advanced Research Projects Activity, IARPA, was formed to serve the intelligence community. And in 2009, the Advanced Project Research Agency for Energy was started in the Department of Energy. So you're starting to see all these 
things start to open up and massive amounts of money going through them. Another one, okay, you don't think DARPA is related to anything, okay? It says uh, right here in an article about uh, how the U.S. government bolstered Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine candidate. Okay, so we look at this. It says government agencies such as DARPA and Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority, BARDA, would play a role in vaccine development. DARPA invests in very long-term science and technology projects that will pay off in 20 years or less. I'll add to that statement. The National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, NAIAD, developed and stabilized SARS-CoV-2 spike immunogen, SPS-2P, that Moderna would later use in its messenger RNA platform. What a coincidence. DARPA was instrumental in the development of RNA vaccines that provided $25 million in financial support to Moderna in 2013 to pursue messenger RNA-based antibody drugs and vaccines. DARPA announced it was committing up to $56 million in additional funding to Moderna this October. And this article is from 2020. And it says BARDA has committed another roughly $955 million to Moderna. In all, the U.S. government vaccine contract with Moderna is ru- worth roughly $1.5 billion. BARDA also has invested in producers with other COVID-19 vaccines. Okay? The, the organization is set a goal of developing a vaccine 60 days after determining the pathogen's DNA sequence. Okay? Moderna had a vaccine candidate, guess how many? 66 days after scientists identified its genetic sequence. Okay, so you see here, they had their hand in the development of the vaccine, or it's not even a vaccine, but mRNA technology in 2013, almost a decade ago. Now, let's move over to the government is serious about creating mind-controlled weapons, an article from 2019, DARPA. The Department of Defense's research arm is paying scientists to invent ways to instantly read soldiers' minds using tools like genetic engineering of the human brain, nanotechnology, and infrared beams. The end goal? Thought-controlled weapons, like swarms of drones that someone sends to the skies with a single thought or the ability to beam images from one brain to another. What have we been talking about in this document from 2001? They talk about nanotech, they talk about brain tech, and they talk about swarms. Okay? And it says, this article again is from 2019, this week DARPA announced that six teams will receive funding under the next generation, uh, next generation non-surgical neurotechnology program, participants are asked are tasked with developing technology that will provide two-way channel for rapid and seamless communication between the human brain and machines without requiring surgery. Guys, they they want you hooked up. Thought control. 
They want to know, they want minority report. They want to be able to predict what you're going to do before you do it so they can control it if they don't like it. Uh, I think this is the same idea, DARPA eyes, non-surgical way to link human brains and machines and create mind-controlled weapons. I mean, guys, it just it, it just doesn't end, okay? So what I'm showing you here, now I'll give you one more example, okay? There's one more example from Microsoft from June of 2018, Brain-Computer Interfaces. Brain-Computer Interface is a system that measures central nervous system activity and converts it into artificial output that replaces, restores, enhances, supplements, or improves the natural uh, central nervous system output and thereby changes the ongoing interactions between the central nervous system and its external or internal environment. Brain-Computer Interface is direct communication pathway between the enhanced or wired and an external device. The brain-computer interfaces project in Microsoft Research aims to enable brain-computer interfaces for generation or for the general population. This means non-intrusive methods, fewer numbers of electrodes, and custom-designed signal-picking devices. Okay. This is just some crazy stuff where they want your brain hooked up to a machine. Very AI feeling, if you ask me. I don't want to be a part of that. Okay? So in this part of the document, we will get into some non-explosive warfare. They're going to question what's legal so they can push the boundaries of legality. We're going to look at future warfare. They're going to look at the limitations of humans, the useless feeders, right? And then they're going to discuss how it will be possible to connect human brain cells to silicon chips. Just what we talked about. This is 2001. I just told you what's going on in 2018, 2019. Who knows what's going on in 2022? Okay. So with that said, I want to thank Ryan Dean again for doing this with me. I brought this to him kind of on short notice. And, you know, as you can tell, we went through 113 slides. It's about four hours worth of, worth of uh, material when you go through it all with, with the two episodes that we have here. But man, I, I really feel like this is important because once again, guys, it's letting you know what they're up to and what direction they are steering this ship. We have the ability to change the course, but you have to be aware of what they are doing and what their plan is to be able to throw a road bump, uh, a speed bump, or a roadblock into their plans. And that's what we're trying to do here. Again, I'm going to reiterate, this is not fear porn. This is not to scare you. This is not to alarm you. It's to let you know. It's to alert you, bring to your attention that this has been published Okay, it wasn't supposed to get out apparently, but it did get out um, and it has been verified that it is legitimate. Um, so what I want you to do is just take this information and think about what you're seeing out there. What are they doing? Where are they taking this ship? And I'll tell you the direction they want to go. 
bio nanotechnology. They want us to be robots connected to AI, living in the metaverse, all right? Replaced by automation. And that's the direction we're going. And that's what you have to keep your eye out for, okay? They feel like they can replace all of us with robots at a cheaper cost to them in the long run and not have to deal with all of our nonsense because we are subhuman. We are less than to them. So, hey, let's get together and let's throw a giant monkey wrench in their plans. Let's say no. Novel concept. They want you to wear a mask. Say no. They want you to get a medical procedure against your wishes. Say no. They want you to stay six feet apart. Laugh at them and say no. It's very simple. We just have to push back. So with that said, enjoy this episode. I know uh, Ryan and I had a lot of fun doing it. And uh, hopefully there's there's some more stuff to come in the future with us. Um, guys, go check out Ryan's podcast. Uh, he does some great stuff. And if you're not a Patreon member, I highly recommend joining his Patreon, mem- uh, Patreon at least at the $5 tier. Because uh, you get a weekly Ryan's rant, which are absolutely hilarious and worth well worth it. Um, and also go check out his merch store. Uh, I will be the spokesperson for it because I have probably a dozen of his shirts. High quality shirts, the best. Um, and if anything goes wrong, he'll replace it. He's a legit dude, good dude, an honest businessman. And his products are superior. He's got bumper stickers, let's go Brandon, that are awesome. He's got t-shirts, sweatshirts, and other merch. So go check out the Dangerous World Store. All right? With that said, let's get this show rolling. Here we go. And welcome back to the part two of our uh, swap cast with Ryan and myself. Ryan, how's it going, man? Doing good, dude. I am uh, still waking up, believe it or not, even though we're recording this in the evening. Yeah, but, I'm with uh, you, yeah, man. It's, it's been a rough Sunday. So we were both up late last night watching the UFC fights. So uh, bear with us. It's going to be a fun ride, though. We got some we got some interesting stuff here. This is part two of the uh, future strategic issues and future warfare circa 2025 document that we've been going over. Uh, We went through the first 54 slides in the last part one. We're going to go through 55 through 113 right now. Um, And just high level, what to expect is, you know, although they're talking about warfare, and, and using this on foreign enemies, a lot of this stuff could be used on domestic enemies or what they label as domestic enemies as well. So we have to consider that when you're thinking about this, just because they're talking, you know, warfare here, it doesn't mean they won't use it against the civilian population. And then we get into this and you're going to start seeing key terms like psi war, 
uh, like uh, AI, robotics, uh, frequencies like IW. Yeah. So information war. And then there's one other thing that that, you know, stick around because there's an interesting topic called the CNN syndrome. And you're going to want to hear what that is, because that's a that's that was an interesting take coming from NASA. Yeah. Well, dude, and, you know, this first portion of this, um, you know, I released it on my end and nothing but really incredibly positive responses from people, man. Like this is something that a lot of people are interested in, dude. And, and uh, you know, I hadn't heard of it until you showed it to me. So I think that it is something that has a lot more. I mean, dude, we spent two hours on this first half and we probably could have spent much more time, you know, diving into it. So I'm hoping that people that listen will, if not go and find this themselves and look into it more. Um, but just do some thinking, you know what I mean? Like you can absolutely really dissect every single slide and even the the emphasis on different words, the the quotations that are used, the parentheses, everything seems so specific in this presentation. So uh, glad that you showed me this again, dude. People seem to like it. Yeah, it's definitely interesting, you know, and it's something that you don't see every day. And and being and, and what I love about this stuff is how it relates to today right? This is 20 plus years ago. And it's their, you know, what if scenario, and we know how their what if scenarios go with how their Mm -hmm. training exercises go, they always seem to find a way to come to fruition. So this isn't any different. Um, And and it really feels like they're right on target. I mean, they're they're talking this futuristic being 2025, we're three years away. And, uh, and, and so let's dig into this. And, and this first part here is really interesting because the first slide we're looking at here, it says the headline is what is apparently, quote unquote, legal. OK, so they're already looking at the boundaries of what's legal. And again, if you look into legal, that's word magic, right? Mm-hmm. There's there's different ways you can interpret interpret legal. And there's there's the court version of legal. And then there's the human version of legal, you know, the natural law. So what they're looking at here is is microwave and radio frequency, uh, anti-personnel weapons and anti-functional weapons that basically will disable machinery and personnel. Yeah, people and and equipment. Yeah. Yep. Then you're looking at uh, chemical anti-functional weaponry. Okay, so we're looking into chemical weapons. Then you're looking into chemical psychological effects via sensory organ weapons, right? Smell. Um, You know, we've heard a lot back and forth about this Havana syndrome, right? And whether that's real or not, and and, and that's been bouncing around, but that's another one that uh, affects sensory. Uh, So there's- I was was thinking about that, dude. And, you know, it sounds like a crazy sci-fi movie if you were thinking about like a military coming in, uh, you know, whether it's drones, Borgs, bots or humans, as they like to say in this. Right. So whether you have a certain type of military coming in and imagine you're like defending your 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 land and this smell becomes synonymous with an attack. You know what I mean? Like it could be cinnamon. It could be freaking something, you know, actually uh, negative smelling. And you'll just your brain will get triggered by that. And you're already defeated, dude. Like, I think that that's what they're talking about here with these psychological effects with smell. Yeah, it's like but, what they did with gasoline, right? The additives exactly. that they put in gasoline so that you smell it. And it's a it's a unique smell. You will not forget it once you smell it that first time. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's interesting. So I mean, that's a scary idea. 
Yeah. And, and then, you know, you, the next one's essentially the same thing in, in essence, just a different term for it. They're talking about chemical personnel incapacitation weaponry, you know, another way to, to incapacitate people. Um, and, and here, I think it's funny because they use the example of hostage slash terrorism only, you know, it's like, come on guys, you are the terrorists. Yeah. You are the mm-hmm. ones who create all this stuff. And we'll get into that later because they, they play into that a little bit. Now, this one, in all caps, Psy War. And we know Ooh. that since 2012, when the Smith-Munt Act was rescinded, essentially, we have been inundated with propaganda from our own media, and it's legal. So we, are, we have been in a psychological war now for the better part of a decade. Yep, definitely. Uh, we're looking at acoustic weaponry, you know, obviously, sound weaponry, and then our favorite mechanical micro dust there's that micro dust again you know it's been said probably 30 times in this presentation up to this point oh it's incessant you know all right so now we move on to future non-nuclear explosives for volumetric weapons of mass effect and i i'm just going to hit on these real quick but they're all it's a bunch of numbers that talks about the you know, uh, basically explosive capacity, the, the damage they can inflict, you know, in relation to TNT, it's, it's different, you know, uh, different components. And I don't even, you know, I'm not even going to run through the list here and Ryan, unless you feel it necessary. Well, the, the only thing that I was kind of looking into what each of these are, uh, you know, you have the, uh, metastables, you have the fuel, air, dust, air, the fuel, air, dust, air is pretty interesting. It sucks oxygen out of the atmosphere around it to make an extremely hot bomb um strain bond energy release that is essentially weakening the um the the elements within it and uh it just it, you know, again blowing up very very high temperatures in this hafnium that's just an element and it supposedly leaves uh very very trace amounts of x-rays and gamma rays after it explodes so it's going to be much less damaging over a long amount of time uh, as compared to like a hydrogen bomb or a plutonium bomb, uh, but still nuclear in a sense. So okay. yeah, just, uh, just different forms of, uh, of high tech bombs right here that are listed. Yep. Okay. Same thing here. Just, just different high energy density materials or HEDMs they call them. And, and right here, they're just going to give you the power the explosives and the propellants. So Again, you're looking at things like uh, tetrahedral nitrogen, you know, uh, atomic born. You're looking at carbon and hydrogen. Uh, there's the metastable again, metastable helium. Um, then you're looking at metallic hertz. Uh, you're looking at different isomers and then antimatter, um, which we know those been- isomers going ten to the ten to the fifth power times the TNT. So what is what would that be? Fucking is that a billion? It's five more zeros, right? After that. Let's see. Yeah. One, so you're two, looking three, at about four, a million five. times TNT. Yeah, a million times the TNT. So a million TNT. Yeah, dude. It's just interesting that the, the the way that they quantify these, and then it seems like they do that that uh notation like that intentionally. So it doesn't seem so big because if you see that many zeros, it gets to be like, holy shit, what are we doing here? But yeah, man, uh, it's basically massive, massive bombs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
Uh, then we get into the UAVs. Okay. So what they're talking about here is, is coming up with these transoceanic UAVs, things that can go across the ocean. So you could launch a UAV in America and have it go over and bomb the Middle East and you'd be fine. Um, and they want it to go bigger or, or faster, further, and they want to have a more impactful payload. So that's the name of the game here. And the, the other factor that you see coming up over and over again, Ryan, is they want to do it on the cheap, right? Of They're course, always yeah. talking about the cheapest, you know, and we know these guys take $50 million a day from us. Come on. You're doing nothing on the cheap. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and who, who's to say where that money's going really. And who's to say if any of this technology is actually really in practice, right? I mean, you have this current capability of the UAVs. And for anyone that may not know what a UAV is, it's essentially like a recon drone. Yep. Um, there's other uses for UAVs, but they're essentially unmanned vehicles. But um, if I'm reading this correctly, from uh, you know, in 1998 to 2001, the differences that are available for these UAVs going across the ocean, I mean, the, trans-Pacific, 5,000 miles these things can go, carrying you know lots of weight compared to in 98 when 2000 miles would be the max that they could go and they could only carry 29 pounds. So it's just an interesting development in technology. Uh, but it's like, what is it actually getting the people in the United States? It just seems like these are just weapons of war. And that's what makes the military industrial complex so dangerous, dude. And I think it's interesting that they call out trans Pacific, right. To let the Pacific, you know, those Asian countries know, Hey, we can strike you at any time because mm -hmm. this, we know the CIA would love to go to war with North Korea for no reason or China or, you know, and, and they tried to push around Japan for a while. So you see that and you're like, OK, yep. And, and in three years, they went from 2000 miles to 5000 miles. So think about what they've yeah. been able to do in 20 years. And uh, not only with the, the UAVs themselves, but the the. Uh, explosive components, the payload, so to speak, that they can carry. So, yeah, these are these are some they're death machines. And you saw Obama use them up, down and sideways to, uh, you know, uh, leave wedding presents and uh, bomb mosques and things like that. So, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> they're they're very inexact, although the, the weapons can be they've killed more civilians than actual targets and we're talking about 90 percent in the in the ballpark yeah dude we see here in part of the payloads we see our smart dust again explosive smart dust even yep um emp technology uh, i'm not sure what wire blades are but yeah i mean shit that can take down power lines essentially is what you know it seems like they're not so concerned on you know uh kinetic warfare or like you know shooting or blowing things up in this particular part of the presentation it's more about like how can we take down infrastructure how can we make the the enemy more weak from a strategic standpoint yeah and we're looking at a a humanless war for the most part is what they're looking yeah. at right it's all ai robotics it's all done at a, at a distance now this is this is quite interesting the blast wave accelerator um and this is a, again, global precision strike on the cheap. There's no barrel to it. It's, you know, about 200 foot on notched rails. Um, and then it's sequentially detonated, distributed helium. Okay. Um, 
and it, you know, it says it goes up to Mach 21 or less as desired, uh, up to 3000 pounds. I mean, they can put them anywhere essentially. Um, and they're talking about approximately 200 pound uh, dollars per pound of projectile. <laughs> so in the terms of things, when you think about it, when you're talking about, you know, billion dollar machines and stuff, this is dirt cheap. You mm-hmm. know, you're talking a couple hundred grand there. That's nothing to them. Um, yeah. And then, and then of course, excellent stealth, no plume. So they don't leave any evidence behind that there was anything odd. And you think about some of these explosions that we see now, you know, and it makes you wonder, right? What, are, what is yep. it really? You know, we talked about that on the debaters about that volcano explosion. You know, what was it really? Was it really an underwater volcano or was it some sort of test gone wrong or tests that they're doing or threat? it's you never know it's a good point dude because yeah we're literally you know obviously we don't know what's going on 100 percent. but i mean this this whole presentation is literally potentially what's actually being played right now as far as like like you said the volcano dude um remember the thing in uh that firework factory wherever that was in the middle east that was lebanon Okay, so I mean that didn't seem 100% natural either. That shockwave was just obscene. Um so yeah, dude, this stuff can be absolutely in use today. And I just wanted people to know too that are listening, you know, when Matt's saying on the cheap, he's not trying to sound like cool or anything. This is literally the words that NASA is saying in on quotes. the cheap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in quotes it says on the cheap, dude. It's it's just like you guys can't think of a fucking more intelligent way to say this shit, you know what I mean? And it makes you think, are these people really that smart or are, are they just, you know? Well, I think they're trying to be cool. You yeah, know what exactly. I, mean? I think, I think this is cool like a ha ha wink wink. You know, look what we're going to do, guys. This is, you know, it was like a pep rally for the nerds, you know, and the, and the yeah. global global uh, elites. It's like, dude, where's my car when they all have the Zoltan, the, those dudes <laughs> in the track suits and shit, dude. That's like, that's what this is. Basically. Yeah. Uh, so now we get into this a thing cool. called this quote unquote slingatron for global precision strikes. Now, big fan. Yeah. So they got, uh, you know, 10 kilogram projectiles up to thousands per minute. That's always good for humanity. Yeah. Uh, it has global or less range. I wasn't too sure about that. That just seems like, okay, nobody's safe. We're going to bomb every, yeah, everyone's a target. Yeah. And then here we go. You remember we were talking about cheap. This is $20 million per device with an 80 meter diameter. So if they're talking about going around the world, they're going to need a lot of these $20 million devices. And uh, yeah, not cheap. Sounds like it's on the cheap to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then they, yeah, they talk about this, this on the ground uh, gyrating spiral tube. It's like almost like a hula hoop type deal. And, and actually if you're, you know, if you look at the presentation, they have a slide of it here. And I don't I don't really understand the schematics of it. And well, so what it looks like if you're to picture like a cannonball type thing or like a missile, because it could be like uh think of Elon Musk. So for for people that aren't seeing this, it's literally a tube that is it's a large circle and it's just circles inside of circles. It's like if you were riding on it, it'd be like a train track just going you're like a quarter in a large Yes, exactly. So what it looks like is that, you know, something is put into it from the top and it's going from larger circles to smaller circles. So it's picking up speed 
as it's going through. And it could either be uh, like magnets that are propelling this thing through there, or it could be uh, just gravity at work here, right? Um, it does seem the reason why yeah, they're using said, vacuums here, Ryan. Okay, there you go. So um, you're and, and obviously something's being pumped through this. But what was interesting was that, you know, how it says global or less range. Um, I was reading also that these things could pump out 100 kilogram uh, projectiles and these things could go supposedly into space. And we were kind of debating this a little bit back and forth last night. You think that that's straight bullshit, which I understand. I could definitely see like, yeah, dude, there's no fucking way that they're doing this. Um, but it does seem like sort of like, as they say here, just a poor man's way to just really uh, compete with like nuclear weapons. We talked about or you heard me talk about uh, Thor, you know, the Operation Thor thing where they're shooting tungsten rods from satellites. There's something to it, I think. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I always la- I debate on these, you know, the bigger the weapons they come up with, they, you know, these monsters. And I relate it back to when they started talking about cannonballs. Right. And they just got to this point where the cannonballs and, and the cannons themselves were just so big. You're like, based <laughs> on physics, it doesn't seem to make sense. Right. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. And, and that's where I am with some of these weapons. And, and, and again, this is a lot of this is what if scenarios, right. And potential yeah. scenarios. They're not saying that they have these and, and they're implementing them right away. It's kind of a, you know, uh, here's, here's a playbook of what we're planning to do kind of thing. Exactly. The whole name of the presentation is this future strategic operations, essentially. Right. Yep. Yeah, and then you get into this then-year targeting and connectivity, okay? And it's interesting because it's just, you know, you look at it and it's a lot of stuff they're already doing. You know, military overhead systems, ubiquitous commercial overheads and systems, right? They're, it's just every, it's the internet of things, connecting everything, right? All the mm-hmm. systems being connected so that, you know, and it's data collection in, in, in essence. And, and with all that data, they can create these targets or potential targets to assess. Um, yeah, and then, uh, all right, this one. I this read kid- through this, dude. There wasn't too much in here. It's just uh, really just talking about just different ways that they like different chemicals they would be using to screw with us. Yeah, it was um, real technical and, and, and things like that. Yeah, what they're going to use it on, you know, whether it was the land, whether it was the sea, you know, yeah. all that stuff. Okay. And then we get into the then year global targeting capabilities uh, are a given. The major issue is, quote unquote, legs or range for increasingly miniaturized affordable payload systems. Again, they're looking for smaller, more efficient payload systems that go longer distances. Okay, so they're saying they're using different range enhancement approaches, Um, air breathing or, quote unquote, water breathing. Um, So that would be using those to enhance their ability to travel or be propelled. the initial boost for cruise, for cruise weaponry, right? You think of cruise missiles, Tomahawk missiles. Uh, and they're saying, as an example, the bla- uh, blast wave accelerator. Um, and then we get into the, the HEDM fuels that we talked about before, which is the atomic boron, the carbon, uh, carbon, the isomers, you know, some of those really high end. Uh, those seem shady, dude. Yeah. 
Yeah, those are those seem like they're borderline nuclear, you know, in atomic their carbon. Yeah. Think about something like atomic carbon, dude. That is just like, I mean, everything's made of carbon. Yep. If you can make that an atomic weapon in some way, I mean, you can turn like a cup into a bomb. You know what I mean? It seems unless I'm just misunderstanding it. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I'm with you. Now we look at their summary, okay? The major influences of IT. Again, we get into the IT bio nano, okay? And they're talking about upon future warfare, but we all know we are going into the IT bio nano era, right? Everything they want to have data on, they want to have you connected, whether it's through this biotech or this nanotech. And uh, that's the way we're going. You know, they would like AI and robotics to play a major role in our society. So you look at these and they got these ubiquitous miniaturized uh, slash networked multi-physics hyperspectral sensors. I think that's just a whole lot. (laughs) Nothing, man. I didn't get much out of that. Uh, And then we get to the robotics and automatics, quote unquote, in the large, right? This is where they're pointing to, hey, guys, we are going to automate and use robotics as much as possible in the future yeah so if you're understanding it the same way i am this isn't referring to larger robots this is just putting the robots out on a wider scale right a larger More of scale that. yes yeah yep cool and mass okay. basically yeah and then uh you're looking at long way long range precision strike slash targeting obviously that's something they could use you get the info slash net warfare. I found that info mm. interesting because we keep hearing it over and over. The information warfare, the network yeah, well, warfare. And what do they always news. threaten us with, Ryan? That blackout, right? The internet yeah. going down. Well, that's been a, a concern even with the World Economic Forum. And again, this was made back in 2001, this presentation. Uh, lots and lots of fake news coming out on not just podcasts, not just TV shows, but blogs, um, meme sites, all kinds of these things weren't really around, you know, podcasting was around, but it was only a few people doing it. Now, so many people have podcasts and whether they're, they're sharing accurate information or not, it's part of this info war shit. Yep, exactly. And it's, it's only growing as the ability to share information increases right and 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 you're getting a division now so what and and what we're seeing with that on a on a domestic level is eventually they're they're i think their plan is to split platforms right and get all a certain group of people on one platform a certain group of people on another platform and have you segregated in that way so that again they can divide and control a lot easier they uh twitter where it's a wild wild west back in the day you know we're talking four or five years ago you could get away with you know there were everybody was there now most of one side of the argument has been taken out or one side of the discussion has been taken out and and so it's a real one-sided discussion on that platform now well, yeah, that's already going on what you just said. I mean, Getter, which is fake. I mean, Get- Getter is funded by China, essentially. Um, you know, then you have Gab, which seems to be a little more uh, on the up and up. But who's to say for sure? And uh, there's a few others coming out, too. But well, and you even um, have it yeah. in, the, in the video side. You have YouTube, who's the big dog, right? And then you have like BitChute and Odyssey Rumble. and Rockfin and Rumble and all those others where they've just been anybody that gets kicked off of YouTube, obviously they're going to go to one of those. 
Yeah. But who owns those? You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. So oh, no, no. And it's thing. like you said, it's all a big circle. It, it all goes up to the same one or two companies in the end. It's usually Google, which is DARPA, right? I mean, it's <laughs> amazing how that works. Yeah. Um, and then we're looking at, you know, uh, the, the, again, we get back into mini, micro, and nano for the, uh, the SAT missiles, the cruise missile or satellites, cruise missiles, and UAV tech. Okay, so they're looking for smaller and more effective. And then you're looking at binary bioweaponry. That's pretty self-explanatory. And then you're yep. looking at miniature or ubiquitous, quote unquote, smart minds. Yeah, dude, you know, I, back to the mini micro nano, like whether we're talking drones again, UAV is a drone. Um, I don't know if you've heard of this certain technology. I'm not sure where it's being really kind of pushed to the forefront, but it's like essentially it's a large drone that will explode and turn into like thousands and thousands of small drones, nano drones, and then they go wherever they need to go. Yep. That's terrifying, dude. Some transformer shit shit right there. Exactly. Black Mirror, Transformer. I mean, you name it. We've seen this stuff in movies and it usually doesn't work out too well. And you notice what they use over and over again. We talked about in the first episode was the term swarm, right? They're always looking to unleash this swarm, whether it's a digital swarm, whether it's actual uh, uh, insects that they've put AI into or they've attached chips to that kind of stuff. We talked about all that in the first one. So the the concept of swarm we're going to see over and over again. So now this, you know, interesting coincidence here on page 66 of the document, they basically say that humans are useless eaters. They're talking about increasingly critical human limitations and downsides. It's all the the stuff we can't do, right? We're getting too large. We're getting too heavy. We're getting too tender. We're getting too slow physically and mentally. So they're acknowledging right here that they are dumbing us down. Uh, and we require huge logistic trains, right? We, we need a lot of stuff to make us worthwhile in their eyes. So I got out of this slide. I, you could just basically erase all that stuff and just put useless eaters as the, yep. the title for this slide. Well, if you're talking about making humans, whether they're doing this intentionally or not, I think that we both agree that they are intentionally making humans slower physically and mentally. There's a point where the, the robots get to be and the AI and all these things get to be faster physically and mentally. And humans are slowing down physically and mentally. And once we're at the same point, that's the singularity that everyone's so afraid of. You know what I mean? Yep. So, dude, I mean, it's and right that's there. What they're like talking said, about here. As we go forward, right, you get we get ahead into two two more slides and then they give all the benefits of the robots. Right. So they're telling us how bad we are. And now here's all the benefits of having robots planting those seeds on slide 66. And then a little bit later, you just see the the real shit. Yeah. Yeah. I wish they waited two more slides and it would have been 69. Then it would have really made things interesting. But they went. I'm excited to see what is I'm excited to see what is slide 69. Yeah, so uh, this one is kind of a a buffer in between the two. This is called robotics, quote unquote, in the large. So they're saying that it will save lives. It enhances affordability, right, on the cheap, redefines the risk threat environment, and it enhances our effectiveness. So what they're saying they want to come up with are unattended munitions, sensors, 
and platforms, whether it's UAVs, UUVs, which are sea uh, vehicles, or UGVs, which are land vehicles. Mm-hmm. Okay, And then what they're going to do with these things is they're going to increase their ability on their logistics, uh, their, their, you know, all different, their defense capabilities, their offense capabilities. Um, they're saying that they'll be able to counter ambushes and recons and things like that. Uh, it's it, And then in an offensive capability, which I found interesting, they could use these robots, obviously, for obstacle breaching, right? That's what you would think. They'd come in and kick the door down. Yeah. Um, for a shooter scenario, right, where you would think, okay, we don't want to put humans in there. We can send a robot in there and try and defuse the situation. Now, as long as the robot doesn't have a gun, I'm cool with that. But once we start yeah. giving these these robots weapons and arming them, then it crosses a line in, in my eyes. And then the obvious that's going to happen almost they, instantly. Yeah, what they they use the, they've been using these things for years for mind yeah. clearing, right? And that saved a lot of lives in the Middle East with having these robots that could not only detect, but then clear the mine or or assist in clearing the mine. All right. <sighs> Emerging characteristics of robotic systems. This is what we were talking about. Okay. Okay. This is enabled by the ongoing IT revolution. So as our IT increases, our robotics increase. And so now they're not only talking about the abilities and, and what they can be used for, but they're talking about their computation ability, how they can do more faster um, and they're also talking about miniaturization, which is making them much smaller and more efficient from their standpoint. Um, so they're saying that from expert systems toward AI and beyond is where they're going and beyond is underlined. So they have something past AI that they're already looking towards, which is, I was like, wow, that's scary shit. Cause we haven't even gotten to AI yet catch. and they're already looking past it. Yeah. Um, and then much more reactive than humans, greatly increased tempo. So they, uh, they listen better and they work faster is what they're saying here. Um, they have better hyperspectral sensors and data fusion. So they're able to, they're saying computate faster than us and, and analyze uh, sensory yeah. items. Greatly improved accuracy and lethality. <laughs> so yes, you know, on, on assembly lines, they tend to be more accurate. There isn't that human error there. But if they do go down, you're screwed. Because who's going to fix the robots? It has to be a human, you know, at that point, unless you have robots fixing the robots. And then with well, the lethality. You think of this. Ahead, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I was just going to say that, like, you know, with the, with the accuracy and the lethality, I think of for some reason, just like instantly, I just think of like a human sniper versus like a robotic sniper or something. You know what I mean? Like those things aren't going to miss. They'll be able that to take the wind into account. Yeah, that's the other thing, because they're going to lock in on a target. And, and what, once that target's dead, it's like the it's like the drones, right? Once they're locked in on a target, it doesn't matter if there's a child on the roof or not. They're going to fire on that target because that's where yeah. they've been designated to shoot. And that's yep. the one thing that they say is is the one drawback to complete, you know, autonomy of robots is that the coding would have to be so vast and immense that, you know, because they would have to be able to detect and rationalize every situation. Right. And we, I mentioned it in the last show, like whether it's a child in the road or it's a, a plastic bag blown across or, 
you know, a, a rock in the road or it's a snowball, you know, I mean, they, they have to be able to differentiate that or they're going to act in a manner that's probably going to mess you up in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, nothing thinks like humans, man. You know, you can no. get any kind of robot out there and they're not going to think we have this sort of code within our DNA where it's like, you know, a normal functioning human being doesn't want to just kill a child. You know what I mean? Even if they're fighting an enemy. Yep. So, you know, robots aren't going to think like that. But yeah, I'm no. sorry. Well, and, and then uh, here's their favorite thing. Greatly improved uh, affordability and miniaturization. So they're making them smaller and they're able to make a better profit off them. Okay. And this redefines, quote unquote, risk in their eyes <laughs> because they could just blame it on the robot. I see, you know, right. They've, they've taken it out of their hand. Oh, sorry. It was a computer glitch. Won't happen again. Um, and then they talk about, but on the other side, when you say redefines risk, what they're really meaning is you're not putting humans out there. You're putting robots out there. So you won't have the number of casualties you'd have if it was a human being out there. Yeah. Um, and then we get into this thing called the CNN syndrome. They say it minimalizes casualties and salutes CNN syndrome. And we'll get into CNN syndrome in a minute um, on one of the next slides. But I found that interesting, the, the yeah. CNN syndrome. And if you think about it, this is 2001, okay? So this is when they had a little bit more credibility. Um, they still were full of shit, but they had uh, a different reputation back then. They were actually, you know... Um, telling the news in, in, in essence, again, it was a twisted narrative version of the news, but they were, they were showing things, especially things that were happening during the wars. Um, if I'm not mistaken, this is when Ted Turner was still involved. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, but the, you know, Fox was the crazy news organization back in 2001. Yeah. Yeah. This is when Fox was the warmongers and everything like that. So now we get into the different robotic intelligence, right? And they say you have two quote unquote flavors. You have the traditional AI, which is rule-based. And then you have the experiential, which is behavior-based. Okay. And that's what we were talking about before, where they're going to have to have, you know, these neural nets, these linked up systems to be able to have these things work efficiently. Uh, it can't just be, you know, a rogue robot walking around. It has to be connected to some sort of net network. And that would be soft computing as opposed to hard computing, which I guess is just like, you know, there's a, these the, these behavioral based things. It does seem like there would be more room for error as opposed to the hard, hard computing. Right. The rule based AI. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Rule based is is one and zero. Right. Yeah. Behavior based is one, zero and then three, so to speak. You had that other variable. Sure. Interesting. Um, and then a combination of these is the current best bet so to speak, uh, to produce artificial and cyber life in quotations, which will possibly to probably be sentient, but will not be anthropomorphic. Mm. Okay. So they're saying they're going to be a sentient being. It's not going to be like a, a, a combination of human and robot. Although I mean, that's the end game, obviously, sentient beings, because it's a lot easier to control. But I think you, you have to make that migration and they would like to have people hooked up, you know, as to some sort of AI, you know, whether it's like the feed, you know, in that that show that's on uh, Amazon or not. 
Yeah, I got to say, slide 69, big letdown. I thought that there was a huge letdown, my friends. Yeah, robotic just intelligence. Too- they just shoved it into us. And uh, this is just a Ooh. chart that talks about uh, as computation power goes up, cost goes up. I mean, that's the no shit of no shits. I mean, as things get more powerful, it costs more to power them. Wow. I'm glad that we had NASA to tell us that. Yeah, thanks, guys. And they used animals <laughs> like monkeys and stuff to uh, as examples. It's great. And bugs. <laughs> yeah. So now we get into uh, slide 71, which is what is beyond robotic systems? So what's the, they're always thinking next. So what's after? What kind of sensors? What kind of platforms, weapons, or munitions? So once robot, you get to the robotic automatic era, then they're saying is autonomous warfare next? Okay, and if you're in autonomous warfare, computer capability will exist beyond teraflop to do AI or better. Required connectivity is a given. And I think that's what we were talking about in the last one, where ha- they have to be connected. There's, you know, if there's no network, these things do not work. Um, competitor capabilities, tempo sidelines, the innate adic- inadequacies of human interactions, education conscious decisions timeline right so this is just taking the human element out of it and they're saying that the robotic systems will be able to do it in a in a more efficient because they won't have to deal with these interactions or education which i tend to say education is more indoctrination where these things are given a program that they have to follow yeah Um, well that's even more indoctrination right yeah yeah and then we get to the most interesting but one of the most interesting, little to no, quote unquote, troops, which leads to, quote unquote, Acme Warfare Limited, right? Just these robotics companies that are now going to war, right? It takes it out of the the national hands and it's almost privatizing the war industry. And we kind of saw this a little bit in in, uh, the Star Wars movies, right? Where they had the Clone Wars, that was them just creating these AIs and that was their army and they could send the army anywhere. And whether they perished or not, it wasn't really a big deal in their eyes because it wasn't human loss of life. It really lets you know, man, it shines a big light on the way that they view war now. You know what I mean? They, they want constant war. I mean, we just supposedly got out of this war in Afghanistan, right? And then there, it seems like they're trying to, to get something going with Russia. You know what I mean? The government is already. And, and well, they I mean, that want would be constant horrible. war, but they don't want the bad PR. Exactly. Right? That's what if I'm they, saying. So, yeah, go ahead. Well, I'm just saying that, the, you know, they're taking it, it, I thought that war was supposed to be about, you know, quote unquote, good versus evil. Now, what side you think is good is is probably depending on what side you're on. But when you're just going to get robots involved then you can't say one side is really good or evil because like they're just out there fighting for the sake of fighting. It's more entertainment. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a e-sport at that point. Exactly. Yeah, man. It just doesn't, it, it's so wild that, that, um, you know, they'll put this out there and so many people could be behind it. Cause not every person that works at NASA is really wealthy. Now maybe they're doing better than I am or maybe you, whoever, but, they're not like these rich ass elite people with like seven houses and all, you know, billions of dollars in stocks. They're not like Pelosi in them. You know what I mean? They're, they're just probably making six figures a year, dude. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's fascinating that these people are willing to sell out their own 
fellow man. Well, and I think Bush now, I mean, he's a 50-year NASA guy. He's a little more than a, a six-figure guy. He's one of the, uh, you know, sure. kind of the gates of, of NASA. Um, Bushes, huh? What's that? Bushes? Bushes George are up Bush? there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. They were like CIA, though, you know? Sure. Yeah. Well, and, and they're all gone except for uh, W. I mean, he's really the, the big heavy hitter now. Uh, obviously, you got Jeb and some of these other dummies. But um, yeah, man, it's I didn't know that they were big into NASA, but I guess it makes total sense. Yeah, the, the, it's all a sandbox, right, for them to play in that all the sure. elites in. And it's, you know, anyway, then we get into this this flat hierarchy, right? When you have robots, there's no chain of command. And you know you get rid of the man, uh, the uh, the main in the chair. I think that's, you know, it's supposed to be man in the chair, but whatever. That's what I thought too. Yeah. So they're getting you're getting rid of having to to answer authorities. You're giving a command, and it's going to follow it, regardless. Uh, you get into the high level, quote unquote, soft sciences and human aspects of quote unquote boundary conditions. Okay, and these are things like uh, sociological and humanitarian. Uh, political, environmental, religious, psychological, economic, etc. <laughs> I like how they throw in environmental as a soft science because they'll tell you that the science is pretty hard with environmental and global warming shit. Well, it depends which part of their narrative they want to meet, right? I mean, it, it sure. just they ebb and flow on all these topics so much that whenever it can fit their narrative, they're going to use it. Yeah, Definitely. I agree. Absolutely. Uh, and then we get into the non-explosive warfare, right? The IWIO warfare. Again, we look at the Psy War now, which is interesting. They have it, quote unquote, in the large. So we're talking about on a larger scale here. Um, and then you get into the anti-functional uh, weaponry, like microwave, chemical, biological, and then micro-mechanical. Mm. Um, and then the last one is the anti-personnel microwave or radio frequency or micro-mechanical weapons. So these are all non-explosive types of warfare that they could inflict on us. And that MWRF stuff might have just gotten turned on. Yep, recently. that's 5G. Yep. So now we look at quote-unquote natural warfare, where they use sensors, right? And uh, I'm not sure... You know, they, they, they're talking about putting sensors in plants, animals, and insects and using them as sensor platforms and instruments to indicate presence, movement, characteristics. They're almost the equivalent of like a GoPro or, a, you know, a trail cam is what they want to do with these things. I talked about them a little bit in the Patreon, man, where, you know, there's these you can inject these little tiny microchips into bugs at an in, at a larva stage or yep. pupae stage, depending on what, what we're talking about. And it's just a crazy idea to think that these aren't necessarily going to be drones that will like be able to infect people or shoot people, but they'll just simply film. I mean, like if you remember the Batman movie where uh, Alfred taps into all the cell phones in the city and you get a 360 view of everything going on, if enough bugs have freaking cameras and sensors on them, you can map out the world more efficiently than Google Maps can, dude. You know yep. what I mean? It's just it's a crazy idea. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating. And we know they use it to some extent already, which is, you know, as we're talking about, this stuff does come to fruition, tends to come to fruition. So now you look at weapons and munitions. OK, they want to utilize animals. As an example, they use urban rats or insects 
as delivery systems, munitions, feeding, again, here's the term, swarming, biting, and poisoning. I mean, that's the most diabolical shit ever right there. I mean, that's plague-esque, just putting diseases into animals and, and things and just letting them go and work their magic on the population. Dude, you could do that. You could, you could, you know, if we're talking about a swarm of locusts here, um, you can make a swarm of locusts go and you can program them to eat crops. You know what I mean? Like you can program them to eat certain crops. You can program bees to go and sting people or wasps or freaking whatever kind of bug rats. I mean, imagine like a freaking army of rats, dude, that are, you know, poisonous with bubonic plague or Ebola, which is supposedly being gain of function research right now. I don't know if that's true or not, but you know, if they get these things and this isn't supposed to be fear porn, like that's not my intention of talking about this shit, but it's clearly like what they're kind of hinting at here. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. We're not, we're not here to scare anybody, but this is more of, Hey, this is what they were talking about 20 years ago. How much of this has already come to fruition and how close are we to some other ideas that they've thrown out there? So, yeah. Yeah. So we look at this and this is the characteristics for future and emerging sensors, munitions, weapons, platforms. Okay. They want them to be inexpensive. They want numerous hordes, clouds, swarms. They want them to be small, light, and they love this word ubiquitous. I mean, if we, if we were playing a drinking game, ubiquitous would definitely be part of this. Uh, Readily available. That swarms. Yeah. 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 And then they want them to be long range, obviously. Um, and, and they want to increase their precision. They want it to be volumetric, right? They want them to be able to work on a larger scale. And they also want them to have the ability to be explosive and non-explosive. And I think we've seen both of those already enacted in, in society today. Um, and then the last, they want them to be smart to brilliant. Because those <laughs> stupid humans will never be brilliant. Well, I was just thinking too, like, you know how everything they're calling everything smart, like smartphones, smart yeah. refrigerators, they're going to start calling these things brilliant at a certain time because yep. smart's going to be so dulled down that you're going to have a brilliant toilet. Well, and eventually we're going to have machine. to bow and, you know, salute this, the brilliant technology, you know, yeah. that's going to be leader. Ugh. So disgusting, you know, it's bad. Uh, so this one is, again, this is just talking about uh, the orders of magnitude, okay, over the different weapon systems that they want to use, um, you know, and, and, and of course, they say at orders of magnitude, reduced costs. So they're looking to find the most bang for their buck, literally. Um, and again, they're talking about biochemical, molecular, nano computing, um, to use in, in weapon systems. Uh, here's the word again, ubiquitous optical comms. Take a drink. Uh, again, micro nano ubiquitous sensors. <laughs> this is fucking ridiculous. Uh, and then we're looking at bioweaponry, cooperative swarms of cheap, small weapons and sensor systems. And then again, it's just repeating all the stuff we've talked about, the volumetric weaponry, and then the cyber slash artificial life beyond AI. Do you happen to know what the E classification is? E6, E4, EN, E question do mark. Do you know what these are? Okay, I'll look I that up. I thought it would your... be, you know, some sort of energy. I thought it was almost an energy thing, like E to the sixth, E to the fourth, but I'm not sure. When, because then it was EN that threw my whole thing off. 
yeah well so we're talking bioweaponry being ens yeah i mean maybe neutral energy neutral energy yeah. level four who knows i'll look into it a little bit right now as we're going on but okay yeah it looks like different classifications of weapons i'm just wondering if the higher the number the more effective or the, the more uh energy goes into it or the lower the number so all right so now we get into the major anti-us asymmetries okay so you're looking at long increasingly vulnerable logistics chain right that is that is one of our issues you have long undefendable coastlines okay so they're saying you know we do have two coastlines uh that are rather large uh we have a sensitivity to casualties greatly enhanced by the cnn syndrome this is what we we're kind of talking about is, is that if as the number, the death toll increases, and we saw this in Iraq, the public gets weary of the confrontation and they want to get out of it. And so that CNN syndrome is the news that's broadcasting it 24 seven. Now all the gore and the death numbers, think about what they did with a certain virus, right? There was always the death ticker or the, the um, case ticker in the corner so it's bad for public perception um and then there's vulnerabilities to terrorism right and they put terrorism in quotes because they should because it's a ghost created by the cia um and then they're talking about especially it and bioterrorism and then uh Basically, they're increasing the reliance upon vulnerable overhead assets. Of course, we got to protect those assets. Um, By the way, the E ranking is just different ranks from what I understand here. So like E1 would be a private ranking, but I don't see how that really applies to what they're doing. So I would assume the higher the number, the more damaging the weapon would be. And I and then again, I would assume that the N would be neutral. Okay. And then that one with the question mark, it's like, we're not sure what this is because that technology isn't there yet. Yeah, they haven't decided yet. Okay. Makes sense. Now we get into the fundamental problem with future U.S. power projection. Okay. Quote, unquote, EAN can have country-sized magazines filled with hordes of inexpensive precision strike munitions. Area denial. If that's not a scary thought, I don't know what is. Country-sized magazines. magazines. What? So think of that like a... When I thought of that, I thought of it like a net, right? And almost this thing that they have, and it kind of looks like uh, your Christmas lights when you take them out of the box, right? They're kind of balled out, and then as you pull them out, it just spreads and spreads and spreads. Oh, Uh, wow. I don't know. That's just what I got out of it. Uh. One of the U.S. forces could run out of bullets and die. Beam weapons, not panacea. Inexpensive workarounds are available. Deep water. So they're trying to get away from lead bullets. Yeah, exactly. They want to get away from conventional weaponry. They want to get all into lasers and beam weaponry. Plasma and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Star Wars, right? We're going back in time. Hey, let's go. And then we're looking at the deep water subs with large loadout, quote unquote, swimming weaponry, uh, only survivable close in platform. Huh. Yeah, exactly. And again, when he said swimming, he was just literally reading how, and they how didn't even spell it right. Here. 
they they only put one M in it. That's true. You know, <laughs> and, it's, they, <laughs> and it's there's no G at the end. It's just Swyman, basically. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say maybe it's Swyman. I don't know. Uh, yeah, this is just going into the different missile systems, the ICBM and IRBM. There's not a whole lot there. Um, yeah, different missiles, whether it's decoys, fluid injections, electronic. Yeah, just different missiles. Yeah, it's and and what they could protect from. Uh, this is interesting because here's the potential workarounds for beam wef- weapon effects on missile sensors and comms, right? So they could take off-board sensors, um, which would be networked everywhere on everything. That's the internet of things, right? Everything's connected. Then you would have your optical comms, which is, you know, optical. <laughs> you have your opt- optical fluid fluidic computing and your optical GPS. So those all would work together. Or, or work individually to be able to, to provide a system that could still be relied upon. So this saying, has to go back to a database so that you can see all these things, right? You would imagine, right? There would have to be some sort of central command for each of these huh. individually. Uh, and then we get into the examples of then year direct attacks on the or their attack capabilities on the continental United States. So they're saying about 80% of the continental U.S. population and infrastructure is in, within 50 miles of a coastline, which is very interesting. So you think about it, and if, if they were to enact war on the coastlines, you could impact 80% of the population just going 50 miles inward. I wonder if they define a coastline as something different than we do here because it is in quotes again. So I wonder if they have a different actual map that they look at when they're looking into these things. Or it could be it could include the borders on the north and south where you don't have a true coastline. Right. It's just a border. That, that's that's true. Have point. we seen border? Have we seen the word border in this once? Not once. There's no borders. because they don't want borders. That's the thing. That's a good point then. Okay. Yeah. So you have uh, inexperienced transoceanic UUVs, UAVs, and cruise technology. I don't know. Inexpensive blast wave accelerators. Inexpensive info net. And our favorite, Psy War, right? They love the psychological warfare. They have the inexpensive inshore aipss you know their their mines torpedoes uh and then uh what are those the sub i forgot what the l is for continental missiles um sub launch continental missiles sorry uh and then you get to the inexpensive binary bio into the food supply right we've heard that talk before and this is 20 years ago guys they were talking about putting bio into our food system we are seeing binary too yeah that's a key part of that dude so like if you're talking about binary weapons if you're getting some sort of injection and then there's some sort of chemical on your food that would make it a binary weapon because the chemical is going to react to whatever was in the injection that is now in your bloodstream permanently can't really be removed and now this this shit that's on your food your fruits and vegetables and who knows what else your flour whatever and now that's interacting with whatever's in the, in the injections that you took. Yep. 
Or the stuff the, that you breathed in through the smart dust. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, yeah. It's all, and it all ties in, Ryan. It's crazy how it, it's like a, it's like a perfect circle. It's like, you know, the movie Biodome back in the nineties with Paulie Shore, you know, I mean, they, they, they just create this perfect environment to just poison us though. Instead of for good, it's all for negative and for their benefit. Of course, if it was all too good, it would, it would just shoot them in the foot. You know, they want a bunch of slaves. Yeah. And again, they're doing this all on the cheap as the, as you know, Matt said earlier, uh, everything is clearly inexpensive. They make it very clear. They can, they don't just say that, you know, at the top inexpensive, they want to list inexpensive over and over again, dude. It's crazy. Yeah. And here we go. Inexpensive semi-submerged missile eggs, eggs is in quotes and the inexpensive quote unquote Trojan horse civilian systems above in addition to the intercontinental ballistics missiles and the technical ballistics missiles. Ah, so then we get into the unconventional nuclear delivery, right? You want to take this one, Ryan? Sure, man. Yeah. Unconventional nuclear delivery, uh, sink a ship offshore detonate to produce tidal waves with radioactive spoon. Um, yeah, that's kind of interesting because it's just, uh, you know, like I said a while ago in the Patreon portion, which some of you may have not heard, there is this sort of technology that would replicate a nuclear weapon. However, it has no radioactive fallout. Um, however, it seems like this, uh, you know, offshore deal that would produce a tidal wave would probably leave some uh, some isomers and, you know, everything in that water. Um, transcontinental unmanned aerial vehicles, unmanned underwater vehicles, nano and AI. Um, is that balance? I've never it's, even seen that word before. I think it's supposed to be balloons. Yeah. See, how did the, how does NASA make some typos like this? Balance. That's and I'm, I'm saying, not man, I'm not retarded they're, here. They're borderline retarded. Well, that's the thing. I'm not retarded because, like, you know, I I don't read as good as you do. Even though you said like you you see words weird and stuff. Like, dude, I. I'm literally looking at this and it says balance. Yeah. I don't know how you do this if you're NASA, but balance, we'll say balloons with GPS uh, sports shoots, parachutes. Um, what's that? It's parachutes, right? So they have these sure. balloons that have these parachutes on them that they can bring them down at any time. Ganged micro rockets a la MIT. Uh, MIT, everybody's favorite science, CIA, FBI connected deep Chinese. state school. Everything, dude. Everything's coming out of MIT. Trojan horse, everything. We're talking ships, boats, planes, cars, trucks, packages, cargo, containers. I'm sure you can name a lot of other things. And there's going to be Trojan horse aspects to these, meaning that they're just decoys. They're fakes. They're not what they seem. Uh, targeted in, uh, effects include tidal waves, electromagnetic pulses, earthquakes, radiation, blasts, etc. Craziness. <sighs> Too much, dude. Yeah. And then we, this is some interesting stuff because you get into some civilian IW examples on the continental US. Okay. Now, the national banking system computers, um, you know, should they be the physical buildings be attacked, the power be attacked, the software or the hardware be attacked? They'd be in trouble and it would affect everyone. Okay. So you're looking at, interruptions in a national and international payments and the system would become irrecoverable uh which you know the chaos that that would cause 
right? There's, there's a difference yeah. between, you know, the internet being down and people not being able to access their money. And that's, that's when people start losing their minds. And then the other obvious yeah. major, and, and this is a little old, but it still makes sense though, because they are used heavily as the railroads, right? They, you have four sites, the tax options are the same as above, right? They could attack the infrastructure, they could attack the software, the power or the hardware. And, uh, you know, it would affect all the freight cars um, and it would ruin basically the just-in-time delivery system that we're in now okay yeah well it's already fucked up yeah i mean i was gonna say we're we're in the throes of it right now um, seems like a trial run right like that whole frog in the pot analogy that that is like i said it's almost heck to, to say it at this point but it's it rings so true in so many different aspects of our lives this way that not only this this pandemic if you want to call it that feels now that we're almost towards the end of it it feels like it was a test it yeah. feels like it was a drill for something. Yeah. Now we're going I, through the same thing economically. I, I think you're right because, you know, look at the grocery stores, right? It's a crapshoot when you go in there on a given day, a whole shelf could be empty. And I don't recall that in my life, you know, across neither, the board. Man. And it's not just a grocery store, right? You go to any of these big chains and there's giant holes in their shelves and uh and they're not being replenished in in a timely manner and i think you're i'm along the lines with you that they're testing us like how how slow can they really be before the dam breaks right how how much can they really pull back before we raise the red flag and say no 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 cut the shit we're done with this we're not we're not standing for this anymore dude i don't think that there is a point honestly for most americans because you know a lot of people unfortunately Let's say, you know, some family wants to go out and they want to make steak dinners and steaks are all out. Well, let's have chicken. Oh, chicken's out, too. Well, what about fish? Fish is out, too. And then so they'll settle for ramen. You know what I mean? Like as long as there's something in there, they'll eat it and they'll and they'll just be happy. They won't be happy, but they'll get by. I mean, I notice it, dude. I'm in grocery stores all the time. And even the company I work for are, is out of a lot of products um, and and the management doesn't even really question it. And they they actually tell us not to tell people it's a supply chain issue. You know, they tell us to tell other things. You know, it's like, dude, like they want us literally lying for the shit money that we make. And then they want us just saying that it's like, you know, this is just part of it. You know, like we, we're just going through a little dry patch. It's like, okay, you and every other company, like what are we talking about here? Yeah, yeah. Their bottom line's not being hurt though, amazingly. They're getting bailed out left and right. It's like... Yeah. Oh, what a what a wicked game, man. You know, it's uh, insane, dude. And I don't know when it's going to stop. It may it may never stop if if people don't wake up. You know, we supposedly have the Second Amendment to fight a tyrannical government. You know, when are you going to start fighting the government when they start spying on you? When yeah. they start, uh, you know, uh, arresting people for crimes that they didn't commit? Poisoning I mean, when are you going to start and water? Yeah. And to be clear, that's not a call to action. I'm just like joking that it's like, dude. Yeah, that's not what guns well, are really for, in my opinion. Well, you know, you think about it and just as, you know, one of the jokes that people say is, listen, we overthrew, we had a revolution over a 3% tax. We're at like 30 yeah. something percent now and we don't give a shit. We're like, oh, if you want to raise it a few more, just go ahead. I'll keep paying it. I'm not going to fight it. Like what, what, where have we gone that we've come to this point where they can just take a third of your money for doing very little with it. And 
you're you just okay it's just part of the deal i'm fine dude it would be one thing i know we have a few more slides to get through here but you know we need to as a country we've just gotten so soft and i don't like saying that i feel like it makes me sound like an old person but i you know there's a truck driver shortage and they're saying that why don't we tap into the 18 19 year old kids the younger kids to get them CDL so that they can get out there and they can, you know, help supplement the shortage of workers. And I hear people that are mostly conservative saying that's a horrible idea because you'll get, you know, the 18, 19 year old boys are the, the highest demographic for car accidents. And it's like, yeah, to us, to an extent, that's true. But what if we gave these kids more responsibility and made them fucking turn into men quicker than than they did when they were you know comfortable to to get up and and to drive a i mean driving a semi is a lot of responsibility and if you start forcing kids at younger ages to have this responsibility to me it seems like over time they'll get harder they'll get smarter and maybe we'll dig ourselves out of this shit but yeah maybe in the front in the beginning of it there's going to be some accidents there's going to be some chaos but that's the way that it is i think because dude we need to start throwing the kitchen sink at the problems that we have right now yeah yeah, seriously. Ah, oh, and, and it's there's no end in sight. They're gonna just keep twisting it and twisting it. It's that knife in your back, and they're just turning it and turning it until you know finally you you wake up and you're like, "Fuck, I've had enough. I'm pulling this thing out, and I don't care what happens." Yeah. Yes, sir. All right, so we get to this. This is just dealing with the war fighting, okay? And and they're talking about it. Really boils down to smaller, lighter, deadlier. Right. They want more precise munitions. They want it to be smaller. They want a uh, cheaper platform to deliver them on everything. Uh, you know, that's basically the gist of what I got here. They want it. What's called, quote unquote, cheap warfare. On the cheap. Yep. I like this. They just keep getting smaller and smaller and then just on one whole slide. And then there's nano and then there's nano. All right. <laughs> and so we go, this is interesting. Future warfare, quote unquote, on the cheap. OK. And again, we're looking at the information and net warfare, the warfare of the Internet. Um, I go back to the binary bio weapons, the anti-functional and anti-fauna weapons. Uh, we go, get into the non-lethals, uh, miniature brilliant sensor mines. Again, brilliant, like we mentioned before. You're looking at more micro and nano SATs. Uh, you know, you're looking at blast. It's all the stuff we've gone over again and again and again. And they're saying now we're going to do it on a nano level. Yeah, micro nano satellites, like you just mentioned. I mean, this is that's an satellites are supposed to be huge things out in space, right? And then now they're just supposedly getting tiny and they're going to be probably incorporated into the Internet of Things, like we've mentioned a few times. I mean, there's going to be satellites and this is just going to really up the radioactivity in your household and all around. I mean, it's just a. Uh, it, it just none of this seems safe, dude. It just seems like they're just digging us in a hole. It doesn't seem like it um, has any good use, right? Any any positive. It sure doesn't. Use. Other than for them, dude, you know what I mean? And I was going to say, dude, I can I can read a couple of these if you yeah, like. Go ahead. I'm starting to I'm starting to finally wake up here. I yes. feel like you're let's go you're gonna get your voice dried out <laughs> a little if you talk. Right. He's got um, some blue. Hey, little do you know, he's got blue paint on his face looking like William Wallace. He's ready to roll. Let's go. <laughs> no, dude, I'm drinking some of that uh, that Joe Biden coffee, dude. That shit's pretty good. Don't shit your pants uh, for a minute, man. Well, I hope so. Let's see. You know, it's cold over here. I haven't had a hot water the last day. 
Uh, so then year, peer competitors, peer competitor no longer defined by metanage, megatonnage. Uh, of, oh, I'm sorry, megatonnage. See, this is why you read. Why, whose idea was it for me to read? Um, oh, dude. Yeah. So um, megatonnage of obsole- uh, ob- obsolescent industrial age steel and aluminum artifacts. The drastically reduced entry investment enabled by warfare on the cheap ensures almost any nation or sizable organization can be very worrisome uh, a military peer. So, yeah, dude, I don't understand how you're going to call other militaries your peers um, or your colleagues. Again, it just really emphasizes that it's a business. There's no real practical use for war. Yeah, and what they're saying is you don't have to stockpile massive amounts of weapons anymore. You can produce these things and use them immediately and do it cheaply, which is scary as hell. Yeah. Dude, you know what's kind of even really scary to me, too, is that my computer keeps trying to record me. I don't know if you heard that, what sounded like a lady voice just pop in there real quick. Yeah. It keeps popping up, dude. It's done it like a couple times since we've done, even when we were doing this first one. I'm not being paranoid. I just think maybe I have like a virus or something, but it's just kind of shady when you're talking about weird shit like this. And then you start getting recorded from your computer. She's trying to just record for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not pushing nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That's strange. Yeah, dude. So whatever, you know, sometimes it happens. See if I can get through this without mispronouncing something wrong here. Hey, some, some interesting possibilities. Uh, Here we go. Right off the bat, surreptitious nano tagging, right? Um, with modern warfare interrogation is what I'm assuming that NW uh, stands for of everything, everyone imprinted during manufacture and maintenance, uh, even more than just those detonation of offshore seabed methane hydrate deposits uh, to produce tactical strategic level tidal waves against uh, littoral regions. What just happened in Tonga? Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm not saying uh, you look at an underwater volcano explosion. Well, what what's to say it wasn't one of these detonation of offshore seabed methane hydrate deposits. Wow. Yeah, dude. I mean, people are are sketched out about that, but you don't really hear being talked about much. You know, not at all. That was a one day story and it was gone. You got some you got the, the story of of the explosion. Then you got some pictures of the flooding and then you don't hear anything other than that one guy who, you know, rode the tsunami after punching a tree for five minutes. Huh. Did you see that? video? <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. And he just stands Fucking up karate like kid there up. just watching the tsunami roll in. He's going to punch the tree a few times and then just ride it out. Yeah. Why not? Hey, they got to go viral there, too, dude. You know what I mean? That kid needs <laughs> up some his TikTok numbers up. Yeah, he's, he's soaring uh, now. He's up in the billions. And now he wasted all of his energy punching that tree. So he's not going to be able to swim. But uh, the so the last little bullet point on the slide of the, uh, you know, some interesting possibilities here. Demise of, quote, stealth via ubiquitous multi-static multi-physics sensors operated on take a vote. Not sure what that means. Do you have any idea? take a vote no i didn't understand that it was almost like you know they had to it had to pass a certain amount of criteria before they could go it, you know i had to check x amount of boxes but yeah i'm not sure what that quote-unquote take a vote means 
Maybe it's like a board of people that have to enact the attack or the the action. Oh, or that, yeah, that could be. Yeah, you have to get a certain layer of approvals before that mm. that button can be pushed. Huh. Well, interesting. Uh, anti access. Talking mines, hordes, or swarms. Country sized dispersed magazines. This feels like that one that we just freaking read, dude. Yeah, it's of just a small- repeat of it. Okay, of small and expensive, brilliant cruise UAVs, uh, Tyvek nets. Yeah, we, yeah, just literally the same, same thing. The sensor yeah, it's, web. It's all, these are all deterrent weapons, right? That's all it's yeah. saying. Anti access just means deterrent. It's a fancy phrase for it. So these are all weapons that they could use to deter you from these attacks. And the sensor web's an interesting concept, too. That's what we were talking about with the bugs and all these different plants and these tiny little things having sensors on them. So, well, and the- let's say you're not allowed to go outside your house because of a you know health health lockdowns or something let's say you step outside your house a fly or something outside your window is going to catch you you know stepping outside that's going to alert uh freaking some sort of weapon or some sort of surveillance and then you might get fined you know your crypto wallet's going to get some money taken out of it directly if you don't have any money maybe you get arrested who knows but yeah it's just uh that sensor web that's going to come into play i think in uh 10 or 20 years and one of the things we can never underestimate which is second, you know, third to last year is the EMP. You know, that that's that's kind of that weapon they hold over our head. And like, that's the big threat to us is if you don't comply, eventually you're going to get the EMP and then you're going to have to live in the dark. Do you think if there was ever like an EMP attack or some like, you know, the Internet goes down or whatever, do you think that after a short amount of time, like all of our phones would turn on and we would get a message? Or something like that like uh like from the president or oh yeah i think Biden. without a doubt you'd get an alert yeah yeah you'd get one of those 911 alerts if uh, if the system was working because that's what happened i mean if i don't know if you remember 911 but the biggest issue was the they they blocked up the whole network i mean you you couldn't use a cell phone on on 911 until like sometimes even that night there was just no uh, service and i don't know if that was an intentional takedown so we couldn't communicate or if something, you know, where they shut it down just to prevent terrorists from talking and, and further attacks. Dude, that's out of all the 9-11 theories that I've heard and that have been thrown around. I don't know if anyone has said that 9-11 could have been just a drill to try and test out the taking down of cellular networks, even though cellular networks were small. But what if they just did something crazy like that and they use it as an excuse to take down cell networks? I mean, there's so many damn theories about 9-11. I'm surprised that that one hasn't been one yet. And it could have been. I mean, it's one of those avenues that, you know, it could be a multi-test experiment, right? You got multi-factors that they're looking at, and that could have been one of them. You never know with these demons. Yeah, man. All right. Uh, Yeah, this is just, this is another one of those that, you know, it's, it's all about, things that are counter to the u.s information dominance right it's all you know things that could mess with our high-end tech um jammers frying them yeah they are it seems like these last couple slides are repeating themselves i know that we get into some new stuff here towards the end we're we're on slide 90 out of 113 but yeah there's a few where they kind of double back i think just to really pound home you know the risks of the technology on our behalf or on the government's behalf and then uh, kind of doubling down on just kind of glossing over again what they could do. Yeah. And that's what that slide is. Slide 92 is the same thing. It's just talking about scenarios that we've gone over before. Um, 
different targets. logistics. Yeah, and, and same thing here on 92. You're looking at the anti-US RMA strategies and tactics, right? It's all what-if scenarios. Um, you know, you're looking at different things. I like the last one, though, is the machine intelligence, the automatic warfare, much, in parentheses, tighter OUDA loop, faster than human ops. So... You're always seeing them propping up the machine intelligence at the yeah. expense of the humans. So, well, you know, when I was looking at the uh, different aspects of the of, of you know what areas are going to be really popular with the military and in warfare, uh, whether it be AI, five G, whatever. Five um, G is one of the most insignificant portions of what's going on. I think it's the second to last significant one. And I wonder if 5G is more, quote unquote, unjammable, as they say, or if it would be, uh, you know, easier to, to tap into by enemies, because it seems like we're setting up our infrastructure now to be hackable. Well, yeah, and, and, and 5G, remember, needs more towers and to transmitters. bounce off. Yeah, it, ne- it needs more little co- uh, communication points and shorter distances, so... It seems like it would be easier because all you got to do is put a couple holes in that system and it's down. True. Um, but who knows? Wow. Yeah, you can you can view that from multiple ways, right? You can say that, yeah, it would be harder because, you know, there's more towers that you would have to hack. Or you could say that, yeah, there's more area that you could infiltrate from. So, yeah, yeah if you take <laughs> out, say, one tower, that could... Di- in in a daisy chain take out 20 towers versus having to go out and manually take out all 20 towers sure if they do need that that constant communication maybe if you do take one it will daisy chain and take out a whole area's worth you never know yeah interesting so here we go we get to they want to exploit the quote-unquote cnn syndrome okay and they plan to do it and what they, you know, they're talking about situations like where a, a, they could sink a carrier by a swarm attack. They're talking about um, the capture and torture of Americans in living color on prime time. And we saw that at the beginning of the Afghanistan war, right? With the uh, beheading of Daniel Pearl, the Washington Post reporter, Washington Times, whatever he was. Um, Do you they, think that was real, by the way? No, that was CNN funded. It was, it was staged. That's what I thought too, but it's just, it's one of those things where it's tough to, to talk about that with like, like my parents or something or people at a Christmas party where you're like, oh yeah, that dude, that, that didn't happen to that guy. We and gave him like, like wow. 500 million to, to produce movies and stuff. And that's what they were doing, producing all these beheading videos and all that stuff. Mm. So, yeah. And then you look at uh, quote unquote terror attacks within the continental US, whether it be Binary bio, which they were just have talked about over and over again, whether it be critical infrastructure takedown, IO or IW, whether you're looking at an EMP attack or a radio frequency against the brain. (laughs) 5G. Yeah. And then here we go. Our favorite, the serious quote unquote psy war. They have pushed psy wars. Another one you drink every time you mention psy war and this thing, you'll be hammered by the end. Dude, imagine doing Psywar swarms and ubiquitous. Yeah. Good you're night. blacked out by the third slide. Yeah, yeah, you're not making it past the second slide. 
<laughs> so the gist of it is, is, is with the whole CNN syndrome, they're trying to save face publicly, right? You don't, it's like the, the, the wag the dog scenario where you got to use the media to push your agenda, not to have it expose the negatives of your agenda and, and potentially bring down your, your uh, exercises or your MO. Now we look at the key technologies. We have free form or point of use fabrication beyond silicon computing, whether it's quantum, optical, bio, nano, molecular. Okay, you have optical comms and navigation. You have nano sensors, tags, materials, bots, and GNC. Yeah, I don't, I mean, it, these are all the same things we've gone over again. The last one's interesting because you have the miniaturized, brilliant, lightweight, low power, inexpensive swarms of everything and everything's underlined. Whether it's satellites, everything. weapon systems, robots, sensors, mines, everything. They want everything on this low power, inexpensive ability to produce with maximum impact. Yeah, with the Internet of Things, these nano satellites, um, who's to say that these bugs can't carry some sort of weapon, whether it's bio, whether it's chemical, whether it's, you know, ballistic, which that would be kind of interesting to see how they do it. But the same way that the tarantula shoots its hairs off, maybe these things could shoot some little, you know, microscopic or, or very small, uh, you know, the um, like graphene oxide, right? These are supposedly microscopic razor blade type things. Um, all these things feeding off 5G. And then maybe who's to say that these freaking bugs don't turn into some sort of cyborgs? It sounds crazy, but I mean, if you go through this whole presentation, you look at it, it's not the craziest thing that, that could come out of this. Nope. So yeah, man, it's uh there's definitely some diabolic stuff going down right here. It's it's undeniable. Oh, without a doubt. So we get to slide 95, the fundamental military issues and metrics. Okay. They they get it down to affordability, survivability, and effectiveness. And then under affordability, quote unquote, warfare on the cheap. And that's what they're looking for. And now survivability, they're talking about, uh, you know, we need our soldiers to be durable, right? <laughs> and it says here in quotes, can see everything, anything you can see, you can kill. Yeah, that's, that's fucked up. great was... mentality, right? That's what how I want to raise my son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, effectiveness, crazy. you know, they get into the lethality of precision and volumetric weaponry, which we've discussed at nauseum on this, you know, over and over again. Um, now, the interesting thing they point out at the bottom of this is, as an example, is simultaneous ongoing revolutions in all three of the major warfare metrics. So they're, they're saying they're all three of these are going to be changing and, and evolving over the next, you know, till 2025. In leaps and bounds, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here we go. Given the superb slash ubiquitous worldwide sensor suites and precision strike capabilities, quote unquote, then year, the following will not be survivable and will not be survivable is quite is capitalized and underlined in bold so what do we have we have apods and spods did you look at those at all no i can do it right now while you're talking though yeah, i didn't either i didn't even think about it and then you got the runways right that's a target surface ships anything on the surface is a target think about pearl harbor 
Uh, you have manned logistic and combat aircraft. You have manned logistic and combat ground vehicles. And, uh, you know, you, it's, it's just, you know, they're targets. It's our infrastructure. It's everything's a target when you boil down to it. Yeah, dude. Um, it is, uh, I don't think that I basically what they're saying there is like, no one's freaking safe. Um, I'm looking at what an a pod is. Uh, apparently it's an aerial port of, uh, debarkation debarkation. Yep. Does that sound like anything at all to you? I mean, uh, I don't even know what that would really mean. Honestly, it's, it's a, it's a, a, a landing spot. Aerial port of depark nation. Um, okay. Well, I guess that that's what, what that's referring to then, or it could be assistant payload operations director. Uh, that's specifically, uh, around NASA. So it depends who I know this is a NASA presentation. Um, would you mind backing up real quick just so that I can double check that? Cause I did want to see how it's used. So given the superb ubiquitous worldwide sensor suits of precision strike capabilities, then you're okay. So yeah, I think it would be the assistant payload operations director so these are people uh a pods and s pods and s pods would be uh, a subordinate i'm assuming yeah i wonder if those are delivery systems though right I, I wonder if that's what it is if that's the actual system they're saying would be a target and would not be survivable because i don't think they'd potentially people right well yeah yeah you wouldn't think so but yeah it's just interesting that this is directly pertaining to nasa the assistant payload operations director and if not then it would be the uh the the you know uh port like we were saying so it's interesting yeah, when you i get think these that's little... the i think that's the air and the sea right those are the two launch points you got the air pod and then the sea pod yeah yep that's true yeah, yeah aerial port and then a seaport yeah yeah there you go. So then we're looking at the uh, other port where you're looking at the farther term U.S. defense strategic studies. Okay, so you're almost wholly dedicated to and concentrated on offensive operations. So they're saying everything would be, you know, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines would all be on the offense. Um, apparent wholly inadequate consideration of defense. So they're saying they're not even paying attention to defense, defense of the continental U.S., especially from short time of flight inshore undersea attack. So they're saying we are vulnerable to attack at the coastlines. Uh, defense of offensive forces, especially in terms of the enemy after next capability. Definization of responses thereto. That's a lot of words for not a whole lot. And then defense of the logistics assets, especially out of theater. So you're trying to protect, it sounds like your infrastructure. You don't want that to get into the theater of war. Yeah, dude, you know, there is something really interesting about the coastline idea and how vulnerable those are, um, you know, with the Cuban Missile Crisis and how that whole thing worked out. And then during the Civil War, if I'm not mistaken, there was a dude by the, his last name was Belmont, and he was funded heavily by Britain to create Cuba as a hub of a massive area. So Cuba would be the dead center of this like 3,200 mile in circumference or in diameter, I guess, uh, this area incorporating the Southern United States, Texas, parts of Mexico, parts of South America. 
And that would have a lot. I think you got coffee, you got sugar, you got uh, tobacco and you got something else there. That's, you know, all the commodities of the time. But it seems like there's something very desirable about that area. And you have Florida and Texas both being a really heavy point of contention for the new world order, if you want to call it that. Um, There's something to be said about that whole coastal thing. I think that they're more referring to that Gulf of Mexico area, uh, the East Coast more so than the, you know, California coast. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, California coast is a lot harder to attack. It seems like it, even though they have the uh, the the the, uh, biggest port there in. uh, Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, man. Now, this slide takes us down a, a little interesting scenario here. The takedown, quote unquote, of the U.S. by 10 people and less than $10 million. So it's kind of a how-to. It sounds like 9-11, in essence. It's, they're, wor- they're warning you of a binary bio, right? Something that would be imported via vitamins or clothing or the food supply. Um, they're talking about a scenario where you have uh, bioterror, right? Uh, aflatoxin. I don't know how familiar you are with that, Ryan, but that's some nasty stuff right there. Explain it if you don't mind. Oh, I don't. I haven't dug deep into it. I just know it's a nasty bioweapon. Uh, okay, I'll look into it a little bit right now. Aflatoxin, huh? Yeah. And then you look at the uh, the IW right, the infrastructure warfare, which is usual, you know, uh, plus physical against key nodes such as railroads. Right, you're going to take out the railroads or the electric grid. Um, then you have the selective anti-personnel radio frequencies or microwave uh, attack, which would be on your towers, your infrastructure there. And then you have your water supply contamination via intercontinental UAVs. So taking something from an aerial drone, dropping it in a water system and contaminating the water supply for the people. And they say that all of this or any of these would be accompanied by capitalized serious quote-unquote psy war so you know that's kind of the wag the dog scenario right whatever happens they're gonna blow it out of proportion and really crank up the psychological warfare yeah and it's interesting that they mentioned aflatoxin specifically with this terror bioweapon stuff um aflatoxins just a, a looking into a quick search are various poisonous carcinogens and mutations that are produced by certain molds um, the fungi grow in soil, decaying vegetation, various staple foodstuffs and commodities such as hay, sweet corn, wheat, so on, um, really affecting children mostly. And it's associated with stunted growth, delayed development, liver damage and liver cancer. Yeah. So, yeah, like you said, pretty damn uh, catastrophic if this were to be brought. And what's interesting is that it's not I mean, there hasn't been a ton of talk about crops you know, messing with crops, there was a few hints to it, but not nearly as much as like, you know, droid or drone insects and nanobots and things like that. But that sounds exactly where this aflatoxin would come in, because, again, it affects things like hay, um, you know, crops that we don't really uh, chili peppers, rice, cotton seeds. So we just mentioned clothes. It's like right there. Right. Yep. There you go. Vitamins, tree yep. nuts, sesame seeds, sunflower seeds. So, yeah, that's that's getting in your food. That's getting in your clothes. All that. So that would be, yeah, that's definitely some nasty shit then. And that, yeah, I, I, I associated it with cancer. It was like one of those things that came with cancer. Um, 
Definitely. Carson We're looking at the yeah. trend summary, Ryan. Amazingly, they predicted tele-everything. Go figure. In mm-hmm. 2001, they saw that everything was going to go virtual. And by God, in 2020, it just came true. Uh, the U.S., they see us becoming just one of the crowd economically. Right. They see they see us just, you know, regular Joneses. We're not going to be the industrial power anymore that we are. Um, We're going to just, you know, fall to number probably three or four behind China and Russia and possibly India. I would argue Russia's not going to get up there, I don't think. Don't they have the the uh, the uh, GDP of like Brazil? Oh, yeah. No, they just they would say, you know, hypothetically, we're third because Russia and China are so much stronger than us. It's just yeah, I can. Game. I think the whole economy thing's bullshit anyway. It's all a giant game. Yeah, we'll see where we end up at the end of 2022. I'm, I'm, I'm anxious and nervous at the same time to see what the uh, GDP, the next report's going to be. Yeah. Um, because once that goes negative, dude, we are fucked. Yeah, it doesn't matter how many midterm elections you have or presidential elections, you ain't saving from that. Yeah. That's not something that you just heal really quick. So, yeah, man, no. that's crazy. And then the thing and- that we've heard over and over again, quote unquote, warfare on the cheap, right? They want to make warfare increasingly robotic. We've talked about that over and over again. They want it. They want warfare to be survivable or no, they want the survivable or affordable power projection via deep water subs and our favorite blast wave accelerators. Um, and then the continental U.S. and logistics defense increasingly worrisome. So they're basically saying we have a giant exposure in the homelands and logistics. Awesome. And we're seeing that today, though. You're seeing, I mean, you're not, it's not a, a physical attack on the logistics, but the restrictions that were put into play have impacted the logistical chain. Well, absolutely. And there was a slide in the first part of this whole thing that we did, the, the first episode, where it was listing all the different telas, telecommunication, yes. telecommuting, all these things. Telemedicine is something that's really being pushed to the mainstream now. You're going to just call over the phone and get a prescription. And you may you may need something that's like hard, hard to get. And you may call in based off your voice, based off your social credit score in the future. This stuff is going to be given to you. So if you got a good social credit score, you can get the perk-a-doodle-doos. You can get whatever you need. And then, you know, if you got a bad credit score, but let's say that you really do need some some painkillers, you're, you're SOL, man. Yep. So here, they're going to get us into the 21st century and let us know what they're possible of doing. They say from the U.S. Commission on National Security, 21st century. And the first one is scary. It will soon be possible to connect the human brain cells to silicon chips. We all know that's where they want to go. That's that Neuralink, right? Yeah, I was, took the words out of my mouth. Yep. And then you're going, due to IT technology, we will witness death of distance, a.k.a. the metaverse, right? You, Globalization, nothing, yeah. There's nothing that is outside of your reach if you are inside the World Wide Web. Uh, more than two-thirds of satellites are foreign-owned. I don't see why that's a big deal. I mean, NASA has most of those anyway uh large-scale missile attacks will be to overwhelm defense systems right and that's kind of to go against like you think of the israeli dome um 
you know, they're the, the, the star Wars weapons that we were trying to create the missile systems, the missile defense systems, I should say, they're just saying that those would be overwhelmed. And then the development of genetically engineered pathogens that will thwart our bio detection defense measures and cycles. That's some creepy shit. Yeah, right? dude. All of that is creepy, man. Yeah. I mean, the, obviously the Neuralink sounds, is terrifying. Sorry to interrupt, but that last one sounds a lot like the jab. Right, a genetically, a genetically engineered pathogen that yeah. will thwart your biodetection defense measures and cycles. It's giving you. Remember, they were talking about AIDS with, with it. You know how it ruins your autoimmune system. And cycles. I mean, are we referring right now to menstrual cycles? It kind of sounds like it because women are having jacked up menstrual cycles too. Man, menopause. Yeah. Little children are having their freaking periods, dude. It's disgusting. Like, you know, there's there's a real problem with that. And then, dude, you know, something clicked with me right now when you're talking about this death of distance in the metaverse. That's how we're going to get globalism 100%. We, you know, we thought globalism would be like this giant thing where there's no borders and all this shit. The no borders is going to be existing in the metaverse, man. You know what yes. I mean? We're still going to live in the same same world out here in the real world, but in there it's going to be it's going to be exactly what these people want. Maybe that's why the bugs are really being pounded at home as as a food source because I don't know if you've seen Snowpiercer, the the movie there, but you know they all eat the bug bars, and I mean this could just be some liquid that's just injected into you, staying hydrated. You're getting your protein and your gruel with your freaking you know injections, and then you're just hooked up to the damn glasses. You got a tube to suck out your your waste, and then that's that. You know what I mean? So, uh. something to look forward to, man. Sounds good to me. Yeah, where do I sign up? Party? Yeah, I don't know. Fuck. So then we're, we're wrapping up here. We're getting to the end slides and this is their quote unquote circa 2025 predictions. Okay. This is where they see all this going and they see machines as creative and quote unquote smart or machines as creative and quote unquote smart as humans robotics, the norm. If that doesn't Mm. say it all right there by, so we got three years before they overtake and and just make it the norm. So, you know, when you think about that, that could be anything that could be, you know, your grocery store clerk, uh, you know, work, you know, you could have a robot at the, at the checkout. You could have a robot teachers, you could have robot police and firefighters. It could be anything. And so that's where they want to go with this. There are quite a few robots that work at grocery stores now. There's robots that drive down the aisles and scan for out-of-stocks. And there's robots that clean the floor. The robots that clean the floor are extremely inefficient, and they get in the way of the human workers. Um, so I it's going to be putting a, a, cans in the aisle if I see those goddamn robots out. Really? I'll put like a speed bump row of cans, and I'll leave a gap for like people to get their carts through, but I want to see if I could tip a robot. Dude, I know I was about to flip one over the other day. I was trying to work and this thing kept passing by and it goes so slow when it passes by because it doesn't want to bump into anything. And so this thing is like just stopping and I've got my stuff that I'm trying to work on and it was just blocking me. And like if it would have passed me a third time, dude, I was just going to flip it over. I was so pissed. (laughs) It's like cow tipping. Yeah, dude. And you know how, how crazy and that that's what's messed up, dude. It's like it's already kind of like a war between humans and robots. Yeah, they're already pissing us off. Yeah. All right. The next level of concern. Ubiquitous. Take a drink. Cheap. Micro to nano everything. Sensors, munitions, weapons, swarms and hordes. We've heard this again. 
And they are trying to avoid the battlefield attrition. The CNN syndrome forces the U.S. Army to look and act like SOCOM. Mm. That's interesting. Very interesting. So now we get into the suggested major U.S. future 2025 warfare issues. So the biggest one they have is the continental U.S. defense. Uh, They see that as a major issue. Uh, They see logistics and defense protection in and out of the theater. Um, So whether it's in the actual uh, grounds where the war is taking place or in the homeland. We're looking at survivability and effectiveness of U.S. forces on or near the killing ground, in quotation marks, in an era of affordable, ubiquitous, again, multi-physics. (laughs) yeah hyperspectral sensors precision strikes volumetric weaponry swarms and hardened munitions all the same shit we've been going over they're just going to do it on a massive scale you want to take this one yeah man uh non-explosive warfare psi war bio war it or net war anti-operability war uh beam weaponry including radio frequency spoofing and camo i think that the spoofing and camo is that fake camo or like the the camo that will blend you in yeah um you know there's this weird technology panels hexagonal panels that you can put that bounces radio frequencies off of it all kinds of weird stuff that they can do with that blend you in hide you from thermal uh detectors and so on uh next one here robotic warfare in the large Better than human AI, uh, quote unquote, cyber life. The final one, alternative uh, power projection approaches, deep water, depth, uh, death sphere. That's interesting. Blast wave accelerator, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, dude, just I mean, so now they're starting to try and and already jump the gun here and and really kind of take the war from surface level to subterranean to to deep water now so that's just an interesting thing there they seem to be you know kind of putting the the cart before the horse in my opinion but who knows obviously they have this shit pretty well figured out yeah um i can keep going if you want dude yeah go for it uh future power projection humans quote hold instead of quote take ground uh go after uh sanitation so sanitation meaning that you're they're gonna wipe out the the you know target i guess is that what you're thinking here yeah they would clean the area right it it would it would yeah it would be completely clean they would hold it instead of take it right they're not going to go and occupy it they're going to sanitize the area they're going to wipe it out yeah so if it's like if it was attacked with bio warfare there's some sort of neutralizing agent if it was detected with chemicals same thing if it was a kinetic war the bodies are gonna you know there are robots that can go and and sweep up bodies and use them as biofuel that's already a thing so these robots could potentially go through uh vacuum up these bodies and freaking eat them it's not funny i shouldn't laugh but it's just obscene it's obscene uh yeah, yeah. Uh, sanitation via uh, iw and psi warfare information warfare um Global reach, quote, guns. I don't know why guns would be in quotes. They're, you know, pretty well understood. Uh, bioweapons, uh, slingatron. Ooh, the slingatron is my favorite thing. The uh, deep water slash large loadout subs with uh, swimmins, uh, swimmins, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, or dude, swimmins. 
<laughs> uh, robotics, everything with uh, volumetric weaponry, non-explosive warfare. The non-explosive warfare is interesting, dude. We're talking like you know sonic weaponry and and shit like that. Just yep. scary. Uh, future or futures of SOF becomes the only survivable human strike force army or marines forced to become sof like um increasingly the overseas fbi that's terrifying too because our fbi is so efficient the counter the increasingly capable io slash bio wmd and horrific destructive power of individuals in all caps and groups what do you think that that means with the individuals with the emphasis on that horrific destruction power of individuals well they're they're afraid of not only you know like terrorist groups they're afraid of like rogues mm. right the one-offs the the school shooter the you know the church bomber those types of people that's gotta be some sort of um misleading right like a, it's I, it screams lee harvey oswald to me and we know lee harvey oswald didn't act alone so i think that they're trying well, to already kind of subliminally lay down the fact that maybe so one lone nut will come in and uh, carry out some crazy shit exactly and w- whenever we see these lone nuts they tend to have ties to the government so yeah, <laughs> yeah to I the overseas fbi yeah which is the cia because the fbi is only allowed to to act domestically that's what's crazy about that fbi is domestic the cia is international that's it just doesn't make so you have overseas domestic it's like what this is just nonsense well i think that that leads into the whole uh i mean the fbi is going to be involved in the metaverse dude you know what i mean like there because there's going to be crimes that are discussed in the real world Space that are going to part- yeah of You'll course, have all sorts of course. Groups. yeah um, finishing up this slide, operations involve increasingly difficult to deal with omnipresent slash omniphysics sensor slash ID suits, uh, suites, sorry, um, few to no exploitable uh, interstice, inter- I don't know what the fuck that is. What is that word? Interstices? Like, uh, yeah, I don't know what that word is. Interstices. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll leave it to NASA. These yeah, guys, I guess, they're enough. not that dumb. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. So, uh, future warfare, uh, defense against the then year, um, multitudinous conventional and uh, unconventional delivery methods for volumetric and precision munitions is essentially neither doable nor affordable. Suggested national defense approaches are work technology, intelligence, diplomacy, SOCOM for detention, uh, or I'm sorry, detection slash interdiction slash deflection of the pre-delivery phases. Uh, you know, just uh, more more of them kind of telling you their approaches on how they're going to approach warfare in the future. Uh, work and advertise a really effective. Um, yeah, I, dude. It, a la MAD. What's MAD? Mutually assured destruction. Okay. Well, so yeah, they're, so they're saying just is, talking- what they're trying to do is they're going to advertise a really effective retribution. So if you attack us, we're going to attack you back tenfold. So they're saying okay. in order that's that's going to be the deterrent, right? So in order to deter any delivery of, of a missile system from anyone else they know that we can come get them tenfold. And it's, it just, just goes back to the, the, uh, the arms race with the Soviets and the mutually just assured destruction. 
if this is really going to go down in 2025, we would just potentially be getting a new president, right? Yep. And we are already hearing that Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton are going to run again. Now, if if this thing is all set up and staged, um, a president like Trump would be perfect for a situation like what we just laid out there. But someone like Biden wouldn't be. I mean, even Hillary Clinton would be good for that because she's already really emphasized the idea that she wants to go to war with some of these powerful nations. And if they attack, they would attack, I think, tenfold. I don't think Biden would do that, though. Yeah, I don't either. I, I don't. I, it's all a game, man. I don't believe any of this shit. I think. Yeah, I, I think, mean, it's fair. Yeah, I think last year exposed it. It's all it's going to happen no matter what. You know, our vote means nothing. We've realized that. These guys are just going to put it in whoever's supposed to go in there and play their little game. Yeah. Yeah. It's just going to be interesting if it is Hillary and, and, uh, Oh, I can't do it, dude. If we go, if if it's Hillary and Trump, it's going to be that that's going to be a social civil war, right? You don't have to worry about physical fighting. It's just going to be two sides going at it harder than they even ever thought of prior to 2020. Dude, I mean, hey, you know, I I uh, do a podcast. I actually would not mind if these guys ran uh, against each other again because that's endless content right there. I mean, it it's really literally... is. But I don't know if I could deal with the bullshit anymore for both sides because they're both going to try and defend these two parasites of of the world. The only reason I don't want Trump to come back is because I don't want to hear from the Q people saying yeah. that. See, you should have trusted the plan. It's yeah, like, dude, trust the plan. shut up. Yeah, fuck off. So. <laughs> crazy dude is this something that's worth reading here yeah well the only part this is just talking about going out to 2030 and some of the things that they see in the changing it bio nano you know warfare and one that i found interesting all are agreed warfare will become increasingly robotic and probably more affordable swarms of sensors shooters are a given so that sounds all great if it's not in your hometown you know, if it's in your hometown and there's just these swarms of shit that's just shooting around, I don't want to be in that town. Sorry. Yeah, no shit. And then there's point. we are wrapping up quickly. Here's the last quote yeah. uh, from R.E. Simpkin uh, from 1985 in the race to the swift war between mass armies weighed down with Baroque equipment has become a third world sport. The advanced world, too vulnerable to survive a war of attrition or mass destruction, must learn to conduct its affairs by the rapier, by the threat or use of small specialized forces exploiting high tempo and strategic surprise. And we've seen that, you know, you got we got bogged down in Iraq, we got bogged down in Afghanistan, and you saw the effects both over there from the war standpoint and over here from the media public standpoint and how people viewed it. So they're they're what this presentation is basically saying is the days of having these massive hundred and hundred thousand person armies out in a field fighting each other are going to be replaced by smaller machines that are more cost effective and more efficient that carry bigger payloads and can hit with more precision. So if that doesn't sound good to you, I don't know what does. Yeah, it's interesting that he brings up like conduct the affairs by the rapier, right? By the knife. Yep. Um that's that's a that's a deep that's a heavy quote, dude. Yeah, that it's real, real deep. And I think that's about it. Um, because this is just a you know, they're just saying in the second half of the 1900s, nuclear slash bio warfare was unthinkable. In the first half of the 2000s, conventional warfare may become so deadly 
effective as to become unthinkable. Um, so they're basically killer apps. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> killer apps, perhaps, huh? Dude, I mean, that's a that's an interesting concept, man. Like, what if you just downloaded an app and it had a frequency that would make your brain bleed or something? Yeah, true. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, you could. I mean, that's eventually, you know, or kind of what they thought Havana was, right? That ability to have some, you know, wave frequency of some sort affect your brain. And yeah, that's messed up. Like, think of The Ring, you know, The Ring, like so many of these movies are predictive programming. There's that film where you watch it and it kills you. But instead of like some psycho coming and killing you after seven days maybe you're just viewing it and something and it clicks in your brain and and starts you know eating itself or whatever yeah it's possible could be be. all right we are uh yeah this is this is stupid i don't uh, like that one that makes no sense and then usual reactions to this presentation i found this to be quite comical so this is their they're saying this is the reactions that they get okay uh that this is in the too hard box right there's no way we can do this this is just too hard there's not enough not enough it's like you know what they're talking how we can't go back to the moon it's just too hard you know we can't do it (laughs) not being done yet by anyone therefore it will never be done oh boy okay they would not do that <laughs> you really could even get that out this is like the, this is like such this, i can picture some retard from nasa just up there you know with this shit eating grin on his face you know wink wink presenting these and he goes we have to hope in capital h in hope they would not do that right like come on guys wink wink we're not we would never do anything like that yeah. and then why go there you cannot defend against it. Well, why the fuck don't you think they're going to do it? If you can't defend against it, that's a perfect weapon for them. They see they see yeah. an opportunity. And then we have last but not least, there's some disbelief, but there's agreement there is too much there in disregard, too much there to disregard. So they they they're basically patting themselves on the back and saying, "All right, although some of these things are hard, we think you can do it, NASA. We, we have faith. We believe in you, you know? Ugh. And, and don't anyone let the irony escape you that they are telling you the usual reactions to a presentation that wasn't released yet. Yeah. I mean, this is the first time that these people are seeing this presentation. It wasn't supposed to be made public and they're telling you the usual reactions. So they kind of cooked up the reactions that they actually want people to have. Yeah, they want that, people to think that it's this a is Hegelian dialect, right? Of course, Problem, action yeah. solution kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. They want people thinking it's too hard. They want people to think that they wouldn't do that. They want, you know, everything that matches listed. This is the, the reactions that they want. These aren't the usual reactions because this presentation <laughs> wasn't presented to many people and it wasn't presented to anyone when this slide was created. So, yeah, you know, it's just it's this it's is goofy, what they man. they are foreseeing as the quote unquote usual reactions to this. So, yeah, yeah, this is and it's it's fascinating because, uh, you know, you look at this and then you say, okay, well, how did they you know, what kind of things did they do? And you look and all you have to do is go to DARPA, go to DARPA's hit list for the past 20 years. And you can see all the things that they've done from, 
you know, working with Moderna on mRNA technology to the tune of $25 million, working with Microsoft and other places on brain uh, technology, right? Connecting to your brain and, and, you know, the Neuralink and things like that, that, you know, Elon's working on and, and just go look into some of the programs that DARPA's look, working on. And, you know, the robots, right? DARPA's huge into those MIT robotics. So, you know, when we laugh that this was 20 years ago and that, you know, like right here, oh, they would not do that, right? If, if that's where you live, good luck, because you're yeah. fucked. <laughs> Anything's a possibility. Nothing's off the table. And like, again, it's not fear porn. It's just th- it's being rational. It's being just like a functioning adult with a level head that you can think that these things are possible. Now, what can we do to counteract it or to slow the process down? That's the way that you got to think about it instead of being like, oh, oh we got to go hide or, you know, yeah. like, or thinking that it's scary. Like, yeah, this is scary stuff. But at the end of the day, guys, we're all going to die at some point. Now, it doesn't need to be sooner than later. It can be later. But, um, you know, there's something there's something that's uh, it's interesting to me when people get angry when they hear information like this or when well, they call yeah. you. And we're not here to to do fear porn. What we're here of to course. do is is much like with a lot of the shit I present. I'm here to not only show you, listen, this was 20 years ago. And if you don't think that they've done anything in the last 20 years, well, then you have your head in the sand. And then secondly, we can show you directly how some of this has come to fruition. And that's kind of what we're trying to do to tell you, hey, they run these things. They put together these presentations that aren't really supposed to be public. Sometimes they become public. Sometimes they are public. But what they're doing is they're telling you what's what their plan is. Yeah. Okay. And and you, you have to you look at things like uh event 201, you look at agenda 2030. Guys, these are all things that they're putting out there that is essentially their blueprint. It's what they would like to happen. Now, how do how does that not come to fruition? It's by you or I in our communities pushing back and saying, nah, sorry, man, I don't want to be a robot anymore. But if you just do nothing, put your head in the sand, we get to where we are today. And and we can talk about it like with this whole thing, because back in 2020, there were people predicting there was going to be a mandatory shot. And everybody said they were crazy. There was people predicting that there would be passports. You would have to show some sort of identification. You were called crazy. Guys, these are all things that you think, ah, oh, that's just, that just sounds like a crazy idea. Yeah, it sounds crazy until it happens. And then you're yeah. like, well, well, how come we didn't? And that's where Ryan and I are coming in to tell you, hey, this is where they're going with this. They want bio, AI, robotic-based workforce. We are useless feeders. And, and what we're trying to show you here is not that we're screwed, but- their vision for us is a lot different than what we envision for ourselves. And in order to mess with their vision and their plan, we have to load the deck in our favor and counter these measures and make preparations to, to not fall victim to this kind of stuff. And, and that's all we're really doing here. I just, I like bringing this information to you to give you, cause I don't, I guarantee you, most people haven't heard of this presentation or ever seen mm-hmm. it before. And I hadn't. 
Yeah. And, and, and we're, you know, I hadn't, I, I heard only reason I heard about it is Jason Burmis has been, been on this thing for quite a while now. He he'll, he'll bring up certain slides and, and he'll do the whole search and say, okay, let's see how many times we find the term Cywar or, or, or AI. And, and it's just a joke because they keep putting these terms out there in the norm and, and they are what, what they put out there has this real way of coming to fruition. And, and if you, if you object to anything in this presentation, then you better get your ducks in a row because this is where they want to go with it. And you better find a way to work around it. Yeah. Well, and you know, you said a few things there that, that, I mean, really kind of tee it up for me to kind of say what I was about to say too, is that, you know, just because we've gotten to this point, like you don't need to feel embarrassed as like a community or as an individual that we've gotten here because they disguise this stuff so well, you know, with our phones, like, you know, they're getting us into this cyber world and we're already pretty close to this metaverse because it's so fun to have a good working phone and to be able to get on Instagram and they purposely make these algorithms addictive and then they want to make them more efficient and more helpful for you as they keep going. So there's no shame and being like, damn, dude, we got taken for a ride here. We need to we need to correct this. You know what I mean? It's, it's more it, it would be more foolish to not admit that we were kind of taken. You know what I mean? So, yeah. That's and the, and the shame aspect. is seeing the writing on the wall and doing nothing. That's the shame. Yeah, absolutely. So if you listen to this and you hear all the things that Ryan and I are telling you and you just keep going on with your head in the sand, then it's on you. You know, and that's yeah. where I've come with a lot of this stuff. I feel like, listen, we'll put it out there and, and you do with it what you need. I'm not telling you to go bunker down and, and build a fortress and stock up on, you know, 10 years worth of food because we're going to get EMP'd. I'm saying, but, yeah, yeah. but be be ready, right? Have some, like you always talk about, have something prepared, have some game plan here. Don't just be a, a mindless eater. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and, and we're also to be very, very clear for the CIA and NSA and all those people that are listed in this presentation. We're also not trying to start some revolution here. We're just trying to be part of this quote unquote information warfare. And we're trying to, whether we're playing our part poorly or whether we're playing our part, you know, uh, I don't know, valiantly would be the term or what, but if we're doing the right thing or wrong thing here, um, you know, getting this information out and just spreading it around, I think is important. Right. And there was the, there was one other thing that I wanted to say with the idea of us being useless eaters. That's a term that gets thrown around a lot and they want to autonomize the military because that's a very useful sector to the world leaders. I mean, you need the military if some country did want to come in and, and take it over, take over this country. Uh, the elites would need a military. The elites would need medical personnel. So they want to perfect the autonomous and the AI technology so that really everyone can be a useless eater. Because, you know, if you need humans for the military, guess what? Those people aren't so useless anymore. Yep. If you need humans for the medical facilities, those people aren't useless either. Now, consumer goods, a lot of like my job, I kind of feel like it's pretty useless, especially to the elites, right? Now, the shareholders of the company, they don't think it's useless and so on, but uh, you know, there are certain jobs that could go away tomorrow and the world wouldn't be too different. The military and the medical, these things where this presentation really focuses on, those aren't industries that can go away tomorrow and the world will look the same. The world will be drastically different without a medical and uh, military uh, personnel, human beings. So, uh, yeah, man, it's uh, this is fascinating, dude. I'm really thankful that you brought me on to talk about this. 
and uh, just sharing the information. I think this is one of the most important uh, aspects, not necessarily this presentation itself, but just all of the stuff around this, I think is incredibly important to at least, you know, build some sort of knowledge off of. So yeah, and it's just understanding the direction that they're pushing things in and steering things in. And once you're aware of it and you can start seeing ahead of time, right? We want to go from being, um, you know, we don't want to be reactive. I want to be proactive, right? So I want, if I know what's going to happen and I can prevent it in any way or change it to benefit us or our side, let's do it. You know, and that's what this is. It's just staying vigilant, staying awake and, and, and being able to notice this stuff when it is presented to you. And, and you're going to come across it in your daily life. I mean, you're going to hear your doctor say, you know, you should take this, take this technology. It's good for you, you know, and eventually you're not even going to have to go to the doctor. You're just going to have to plug into your, to your laptop and you'll get all your necessary downloads and you'll be good to go. Yeah. I mean, dude, imagine if everyone could just critically think, you know what I mean? Taking like one page out of this presentation, which yes, it's 113 slides taking one page and just really focusing on that and trying to find information. If every single person, even in the United States did that, dude, there would be no freaking contest. You know, the, the side of humanity would absolutely win if everyone paid attention to stuff like this. So yep, without a doubt, why I like that's doing why it. they do the bread and circus, my friends, the distractions, right? They are the master right. illusionists. They make you look over here while they do all their stuff over there. And that's the first rule of magic, right? I mean, yep. that's what magic is. It's just illusions. And people say magic is fake. Bullshit. It's real as hell. So. Oh, dude, magic is more powerful than any of us know. That's what, that's what I'm going on, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, dude, again, man, thanks for bringing me in on this. This is great. A super, super no, fun thank thing. thank you, man. I by. couldn't have done this by myself. I needed, I needed a partner in crime on this one. So hopefully this is, uh, this is something we can do going forward, too. I got a couple other things maybe we can team up on and... Uh, the more military related. And I know that's, that's more up your wing. I won't bring any uh, Tartaria stuff to you. <laughs> hey, you can bring in Tartaria, dude. I'm always interested in it. I just know nothing about it. Like, oh, I know. So I'm just busting balls. You're, you're like a subject matter expert when it comes to this kind of shit. But I, I, I show you some pictures of old buildings and you're probably like, what the fuck is this man? <laughs> no, I think that they're beautiful. The architecture is incredible. It's, it's like, how did they even build these things back then? You know what I mean? But there's just something about it. That's just so foreign to me. Like, I just don't, I don't begin to understand it. I don't know. It, it may be just like, if maybe it's my own cognitive dissonance or whatever, I, it is fascinating. And I like the episodes on the topics, but it's not even an episode or a, a subject that I would feel comfortable trying to approach and like, you know, quote unquote, educate my audience about it because yeah, dude, there's not only are there smarter and and more, you know, deep people that are into it. Um, I just don't freaking get it, dude. I don't understand it, but it is fascinating. Yeah. Cool, man. With that said, I think we will wrap it up here. Um, and, and go check out Ryan's, uh, you know, if you're not a member, join the Patreon because he puts out these bonus episodes where those are, those are some of the best episodes he does and the most entertaining, especially Ryan's rants. If you're not getting Ryan's rants, <laughs> man, you are missing out. I have I, a couple times I've nearly pissed myself and, and other times I have left in tears watching it just from laughing so hard, man. So keep it up. <laughs> Thanks, I, I love what you do over there. It's, it's, it's hilarious. 
Thanks, dude. I can't wait for you to get a Patreon too. I'll be one of your first subscribers, and and uh, likewise to my audience and to you know anyone that hasn't checked out the Great Deception. Make sure you do it, man, because this dude has only been podcasting since September of 2021, and he's really killing the game. So um, you know, check it out. Get it. Get in on the ground floor, and uh, you know, rock it out, dude. Because yeah, this this is a, a great show. So thanks for letting me be on it, man. Thank you for coming, man. I appreciate it. And with that, we'll wrap it up here. And uh, as with always, stay strong. Cruelty and injustice, intolerance and depression. And where once you had the freedom to object, to think and speak as you saw fit, you now have sensors and systems of surveillance coercing your conformity and suggesting your submission. We need cameras. How did this happen? Who's to blame? Well, certainly there are those who are more responsible than others. They will be held accountable. But again, truth be told, if you're looking for the guilty, you need only look into a mirror. I know why you did it. I know you were afraid. Who wouldn't be? War, terror, disease. There were a myriad of problems which conspired to corrupt your reason and rob you of your common sense. Fear got the best of you, and in your panic you turned to the now High Chancellor Adam Sutler. He promised you order, he promised you peace, and all he demanded in return was your silent, obedient consent.